Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. It's me, a man that got to see you. <laughs> Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Excitement time. Clam down. Clam down. Clam down. Clam down. Pirates are going dancing, baby. They picked us last. They picked us last. And now we're going dancing. We're going dancing. How about those freaking pirates? Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios on a beautiful day in Greenville, North Carolina. Welcome in to the show and you can hear us on Pi radio 92.7 fm in greenville 104.1 in washington we are on 1250 930 also online pr927fm.com and you can watch the show on facebook live and youtube and as always we love when you are a part of the show I had some great interaction with you yesterday friday as well which was a big day um around here and uh, i've had a lot of fun these last few days we'll do it again on today's edition of pirate radio live with you and with some great guests coming up in about 30 minutes or so or so we'll talk to ahmed farid uh he is with peacock and nbc covering major league baseball and peacock will have a game of the week you know espn has had the sunday night baseball game of the week for years and years now peacock trying to start a new tradition on sundays with an early game that gets underway um around 11 30 the braves and orioles will be a part of this coming up in a few weeks but ahmed uh, gets everything rolling on peacock and he will join us to talk about that and what he is doing right now with mlb sunday leadoff and we'll talk about the o's who are red hot my braves who are first place in the nl east will anybody catch the rays we'll uh, talk about it all with ahmed farid coming up in about 30 minutes mike mullis will join us to talk more baseball at four o'clock of the ecu variety as east carolina has a big one trying to get off the schneid tonight when they take on nc state in raleigh that was good for the pirate l's last time these two teams uh faced off because east carolina was coming off a losing series to houston they were able to pound the wolf pack here at home they'll try to do the same tonight in raleigh so a lot of baseball talk coming up mully will join us at four o'clock at five o'clock um a sports nerd like myself uh was very excited to get paul lucas on Paul Lucas is from UniWatch, the creator of UniWatch, which I've been following since the old page two days on ESPN, uh, but following all things uniforms, jerseys, hats, and uh, some of you may have heard of him, followed his work, some may not, but he is actually coming to Greenville for the East Carolina Campbell game on something he calls Purple Amnesty Day. He does it every year. Last year, he went to Coors Field in Colorado for a Rockies game. This year, he's coming to see the Pirates wearing the powder purple, and he'll be throwing out the first pitch at the baseball game uh, coming up next month. But we'll talk uh, all things uniforms. We'll get his thoughts on the Pirates' powder purples and uh, get to know Paul as uh, he has been doing it for a long time now, has his own website at UniWatch. I followed him back in the ESPN days. But uh, looking forward to that chat coming up at 5 o'clock. And Bryce Williams will join us at around 5.30. We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors, go over some of Bryce Williams' memories of 
the NFL draft and why he still hates the Carolina Panthers franchise to this day. Uh, we'll get him to retell that story. Uh, but all that coming up in hour number three of today's show. All right, Shirley Rhodes is here looking very Irish and green today. Hello, Shirley. I like the green. Thank you. Chandler, once again, wearing a multi-purpose shirt. He's ready for the golf course. He's ready for work. He's ready for a board meeting. Kind of ready for anything. Whatever's thrown at you, Chandler. You got to be prepared for anything. Yeah. So you got to be, you have to dress prepared. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what I'm doing uh, the past two days. I agree. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Well, I appreciate it. Jonathan Ellerby here as well. Hello, Ellerby. Hello, Clipper. How are you? I'm doing good. Yourself? I'm doing pretty good right now. I'm feeling feeling good. Okay. Enjoying the uh, spring weather here. Not it, too hot, not too cold. It's nice and sunny. Puts you in a good good spirits. You just kind of just want to walk outside and just let the wind blow in your hair and have a good time. All right, let's do it. Right now? Maybe yeah. at a commercial break. All right, fine. We All got right. homework to attend. That we do, and uh, I have done my homework. But before we get there... Shut up, Chandler. Don't even make that face. Don't even do that. Another day, another ECU basketball commit, this time in the form of Cam Hayes. He is a transfer from NC State to LSU and now a transfer from LSU to ECU. So he will continue wearing the purple and gold, and he is a North Carolina native, as are many of the players Mike Schwartz has brought in this offseason greensboro kid four-star recruit recruit coming out of greensboro day and uh was in the portal and decided to join bobby pettiford uh to Corey Faison as a north carolina kid as well uh callum richard a north carolina kid so got a lot of north carolina kids joining this roster for mike schwartz and cam hayes looking to come in and uh, be a factor right away and uh, actually started 27 games when he was a member uh, of the nc state wolfpack a few seasons ago so averaged seven points a game there uh, for lsu shot 40 percent from the field 32 percent from downtown and at a 70 to 39 assist to turnover ratio so he is a guard that's going to join a, a backcourt you lose javon small you say uh oh what do we do well you add bobby pettiford you add cam hayes and all of a sudden you feel pretty good about the backcourt for ecu chandler cam hayes you excited i like it i like it and uh when you you you, you lose javon small and i was actually looking at some of his highlights earlier uh when he was at nc state and some when he was at lsu he kind of reminds me of kind of like a, a javon smallest type of guard uh last year he averaged 8.1 points with the lsu tigers he also had 2.5 rebounds per game as well for lsu and then uh, he dished it out for 2.3 assists per game as well. But uh, I like this pickup, and I like that he's uh, uh, he's not necessarily local, but he is a North Carolina native. And uh, you saw that uh, a couple of weeks ago when we picked up Bobby Pettiford from Kansas. So you got to like what Mike Schwartz is doing right now uh, in the transfer portal and, the, and on the recruiting trail. Yeah, uh, Brandon Johnson, North Carolina native. Ezra has Charlotte roots in his past, I believe. I know they got him from Georgia, but I believe he has some North Carolina roots. You can check me on that. Uh, R.J. Felton will extend it to the Carolinas. He's from South Carolina. So a nice local feel to this basketball team as well. And I don't care if they're from California or, as Chandler would say, the Himalayan Islands. They could be from anywhere. 
but uh it is neat to have a lot of guys around this area that'll be playing basketball for mike schwartz just win baby just win you just got to uh get the team chemistry and uh you know can east carolina ever catch lightning in a bottle and have a team that comes together and uh has a magical run in february and march to propel them into postseason tournament play a team a, a, a university that's never been to the NIT. I think that's the, the, the one of the most astounding facts about East Carolina basketball ever. I do, I do want to confirm something that you just said earlier, Clip, but uh, Ezra Asar did transfer to Liberty Heights Athletic Institute in Charlotte, North Carolina for his senior year. All right. I knew there was Charlotte Where somewhere. he averaged uh, a double, near a double-double and helped lead the squad to a 30-3 and record. Found those roots. LRB, uh, to answer your question, I feel like in this era – Yes, East Carolina can find it, put it together to make the tournament. I mean, I think I'm not the tournament or the NIT tournament, either or. But postseason, I think. I mean, I'm not saying the transfer portal is always going to help ECU, and and you know we've lost Jaden Gardner and Tristan Newton and Javon Small, so it hadn't been great. But if you have a monster off season. I'm not saying this is the one. We don't know how these guys are going to play together and and play as individuals, but you can put together one magical offseason, have a, a few guys returning, and make it to the postseason. If, I feel like this era is made for that. If Mike Schwartz makes it to the NCAA tournament in year two or year three, will he get hired by somebody else right away? Because that tends to be the the theme of, like, yeah, probably everybody likes to hire the high coach, and he did something at East Carolina that hadn't happened in – 30 plus years unless so. they can do something for him uh, did the is the fau coach still at fau as far as i know he is so, so. Yeah. yeah i mean they, if you can find like fairly dickinson's coach you know got picked up right away uh i don't know we might be Providence calling his coach got picked up right away might be calling the osleys again for another five uh, mil another five mil yeah throw that into the uh <laughs> nil <laughs> fund but my, my, i think to your point though i, I believe the transfer portal can work more pro for East Carolina than against because, I mean, even if you lose a player like Small or whatever, I think there's enough players out there in the portal that you can you can bring in some as good or bad. Jamie, your comment just really irritated me. Uh-oh. And it's not you, it's the comment. He said, problem is, if you catch lightning in a bottle, you're losing it right after to the portal for schools like ECU. Oh, I don't care about that. I don't, who cares? We're talking about one season. We're talking about that one lightning in a bottle season. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking for four or five. I'm not asking for a dynasty. No. I'm asking for one year. If you blow it all up after that and you have guys that look like me and Chandler play in the next year, so be it. I'll take that for that one year. But in today's world of college basketball and really college athletics in general, the only thing you, especially at a school like East Carolina, all you have to ask for is one year. All I'm thinking about is one is year one at this year. point. Is this, is this year is the only year that matters. Correct. I mean, if, if East Carolina goes to Omaha this year, is who was our person on, online? Jamie. Jamie. Is Jamie concerned that we'll lose players to the portal? And that Well, I mean, like, that's that, different. It doesn't really matter. I mean, that is, enjoy that, the moment. This is a, a basketball conversation i think but you can give you can take it to other sports and and jamie says okay one year great yeah exactly exactly because how many yeah. even good years have we had let's look, let's look at the past 30 years I mean, uh, no. yes at this point i'm willing to trade one year for 
a lifetime because that's how long I've gone without success for ECU basketball. Absolutely, I'll take one year. And only one year. If I could make that deal right now, I would. Would you make that deal, Ellerby? Uh, you trade off one year to make the tournament for, let's say, 25 years afterwards not making it. Oh, Just God. lost in round one? Would you make I thought I was thinking you were going to, like, say, 10 to 15 years. No, no. 25? 25. I mean, we've gone 30. Exactly. No, we've gone, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Gone- 93 so literally like 30 years i'm making that deal right now just for that one year that one shining moment to see our name uh on the selection show maybe my expectations are too low or maybe yours are out of whack i don't know but i'm making that deal i think if schwartz is successful and he gets picked off because we go to the ncaa tournament to another school then i think he will show the path to another coach of how you can win in east carolina and just have to go get another back. yeah that well, path is having a tremendous off season and getting lucky but oh, not lucky but recruiting the right guys because i agree with jamie you're gonna lose players you're gonna lose coaches if you have a good year but that's that's the college basketball we live in now but if mike schwartz does a good enough job here to go elsewhere and move up the ranks and he leaves success behind doesn't that make east carolina a great place to come and be a coach at I he doesn't really leave success behind he leaves that one year because everybody leaves with him. But what I'm saying is, doesn't he make East Carolina a place that maybe some coaches um, on the maybe. upside want to go and say, yeah. I want to coach at East Carolina? I think it, what it may do is increase a better pool of candidates that would want to come here. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, I mean, I, I, versus, you know, there's some people that just won't come here. But maybe if like, whoa, Schwartz has, has got it done. I mean, it's just, just, I mean, it just shows a path that, hey, you can win there. <clears throat> give me one year one give, year this year one this year. year we always preach one more here at, at pirate radio we just want one year for one year basketball where's the final four in 2024 the road to the final four i feel like we need some march madness music here to like so we're just talking about getting just to the tournament phoenix state farm arena phoenix wait a minute let me make sure that is that yes the pirates in the desert possibly i like it all right, so there is that news. Any other East, uh, ECU baseball wearing the, it appears to be anyway, they left uh, Greenville with the cutoffs and the 23 hats. It's like they're wearing the 23 uniforms. Hey, I like it. Interesting. I've never seen those on the road. So uh, first time coming up in Raleigh is Zach Root getting the start for East Carolina as they try to win their second game against NC State this season. Yeah, I always thought uh, East Carolina and and nc state they they have a connection with with als with coach leclerc from east carolina and then a guy i graduated high school with at a raleigh chris combs who who died of als from nc state that uh there's such a cool connection of that terrible disease that 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 a three-game series or wearing the 23 and then state wearing maybe the the combs number or something would be kind of a a cool weekend series of of in, in early on instead of these these midweek games kind of like the pirates had set up with, with chapel hill this year that they could do a lot of neat things but uh, certainly uh the pirates and the wolfpack both looking desperately for a win today to get back on track uh eric says jokes on javon small he won't ever hear boom 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 at oklahoma state he should have thought about that beforehand you know what he will be hearing though eric boom, 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 let me say well. he'll be hearing t boon 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 wow yeah Thank you. 
Eric will appreciate that. He likes bad jokes. Eric will like that. Should we should we send you and Chandler out to Stillwater and y'all just like play that in the pregame? Get the boom boom boom. I'll pass. No, you don't want to go, <laughs> Chandler. You can go without me. Eric said that was a phenomenal joke clip. Thank you, Eric. I knew you would appreciate that if nobody else. That one was just for you. Sometimes I, I go just for one person out there, and that time it was for you. We'll upload that one to chucklehut.com. <clears throat> Any uh, other forms of business before we head on to our homework? Business. Chandler, did you do your homework? Ooh, he didn't even answer. He just he, he gave you a sign. Oh, yeah, I did do my homework for the radio audience. Yeah, yes. you did I mean, your homework. It's not good to be silent, Chandler, on the radio. Earlier today, you asked what was the homework, which I I'm not going to criticize you for because how many times you know were you a student you didn't understand an assignment and you either just didn't do it or, or tried to do something you didn't even know you, you got to ask questions if you so if I'm you don't give, know you got to ask. I'm going to give you credit for that. So that, you, and also, i'm gonna give you extra credit so you get, i need it because i'm get, failing this class you, get, <laughs> <laughs> you are i need the extra credit you're gonna have to go to summer school ellery <laughs> and i ellery how about this when we hit summer instead of us doing homework only chandler has to do the homework that's a good idea because he has to go to summer school for not doing his homework well, what if he has to repeat the class and do everything we've already done the past six weeks <laughs> we're gonna need you to repeat the class chandler all the assignments you didn't do, we're going to need you to do. You're on the verge of redshirting this class. That's fine. To repeat. Um, Jamie, I'll answer your question with a question. You said, over under Schwartz is here in four or five years if he has success. Define success. What does success mean? And then I'll give you my answer. I think you could just leave that as a blanket answer. Over under of Schwartz, four to five years. I mean, I just think that's the lifespan of most basketball right. coaches in that now. four to five years if he takes us to the tournament he's gone which is fine which i would that's, sign up I'm for right that's now a problem yes I, so if he has success he will move on if he's not good if he does not get to whatever is deemed success by john gilbert or the board or whoever else then they'll be having a new press conference for somebody else what are john gilbert's expectations like if he doesn't go to the nit in five years um does he get an extension i would think that if you're the head coach at football basketball or baseball that that being in the postseason within a especially a basketball i think you give him a five-year period to get to the postseason nit or ncaa i think that's i think that's reasonable well i uh football football expectations are are higher of getting to the postseason um you know sooner than later depending on what is your circumstances and then of course baseball is is through the roof right now what the expectations are right but i i I don't care if mike schwartz is here four or five years like i i don't i don't know I, i don't like if mike schwartz isn't here forever it's not gonna bother me because i just don't that's just not how it works anymore i just don't i mean i want him to be good while he is here i find it shocking if fans are still like stage five clingers to coaches wanting to be here for 15 20 years because it doesn't seem no i don't think in realistic expectations no one really wants their coaches here that long for the most part for football and basketball they want to win at a high level which means you're not going to keep them because there's always a bigger fish 
and, and, and that works for coaches and players. The, the, there's always more money somewhere else. And, and that business is they move a lot. Christian, I don't know if Christian's being sarcastic. He says, why talk NIT? We competed with number one Houston last year. Well, you lost to them multiple times. You lost to South Carolina State, and we're talking about ECU basketball, which is why the NIT would be I just think the <laughs> NIT, is something that we would be happy about. I think here. the NIT is more realistic because you, that means, one, you would have a really good regular season. I would be a great season to because you're not going to – it means you lost in your conference tournament, but you did enough, like you're saying, to get to the NIT. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the odds of East Carolina winning the conference tournament is going to be tough. And to get in that large bid. Well, I think it's easier to do that than to get in the NIT at this point. Well, I, well, maybe so. But I'm just saying, but if you make it to the NIT, that means you won 18 or 19 games or 20 games or whatever it is. And then that your resume is good enough to punch your ticket to postseason and go you know going into the conference tournament that your postseason your your postseason that's not your first stop in the postseason all right so hey basketball talk to kick off today's show i like it i'm always on board for that you know that all right our homework let's talk football looking at the ecu football schedule We've been ranking the teams, the schools, um, and speaking of coaches leaving, yeah. And today we're doing coaches. Uh, we are saying if Mike Houston retires this afternoon, how would we rank the opposing coaches we'll face this year as coaches we would like to hire at East Carolina? We'd like to be the next head coach at ECU. All right, number one. Number one as your favorite choice. Number one, oh. your favorite choice. I went least to. Oh, we'll just, well, all you got to do is start at the bottom. I'll do. I, there's right. two things you can do. You can either go from the bottom or you can flip your paper upside down and just try to read the names upside down. Do you already need to time out, Chandler? No, I'm good. I can. What are you eating I, over I can there? Get, I'm, I can get from what the bottom. What are you bo- eating? Uh, Easter candy that Shirley stole from me. But Easter she said, candy? You got jelly beans in there? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Shirley was like, you want to split it? And it's literally the candy that I got in my Easter basket. But I was like, Shirley, Shirley like, commandeered your candy and is now sharing it with you? Yeah, she said, you want to share that it? That is I said, a well, boss move. Considering it's mine, <laughs> sure, time, why time, not? Time out. Did you get an Easter basket this year? I got a little Easter, uh, like an Easter bag, yeah. <laughs> I, i'm just i was envisioning you coming down the stairs at mom's house and oh no getting a little I, basket looking like, like here's uh, a bag here ralphie i know no all right uh but i got jim harbaugh what are you serious i do as well yes all easy right. pick okay jim harbaugh number two i have willie fritz what i do too willie fritz <laughs> Number three, Tom Herman. Mm, I do not have Tom Herman. He is down further on my list. Ellerby. Tom Herman. All right. Number three for me, Jeff Trailer. Mm. Why? Why? Because he is better than all these other coaches. Jeff Trailer's 30 and 10. At winning foot. Okay. You at, just answered my question. At UTSA, but he's never coached outside the state of Texas. Tough place to win. UTSA. He's racking up double-digit win seasons. If he can win there, he can win here. He's had uh, SEC experience as an assistant. Where? At uh, Arkansas. Uh, okay, so he has been outside. Close. Arkansas is right there next to Pig Suey. Ellerby, this guy's been everywhere, man. This guy's... He's been like in Texas high school <laughs> and then like Arkansas and then UTSA, right? You don't know where he was born. <laughs> 
I do. Gilmer, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know if he... If I'm picking number three, I'm not picking Jeff Trailer out of UTSA to come from Texas area to Greenville and expect him to be successful. Correct. You're not, but I am. Okay. Because that, he is 30 and 10, and he's gone 12 and 2 and 11 and 3 the last two years. And top 25 program last year. Yeah, I don't top. know about you guys. I, I like winning. I like winning football games. Maybe you guys don't. I do. You right. should know because I love to win. Uh, the fourth coach I have is Jeff Trailer. Great pick, Chandler. Fantastic pick. Uh, Sean Clark. All right, my uh, fourth pick is, and this was a little out there for me, I will admit, but I went with Rhett Lashley. Oh, man. Yep. Don't get that one either. I went with Sean Clark. <laughs> I went with Sean Clark because he's like in our state at App State, and I figure that he has good recruiting ties and just, you know. What was his record last year? Last year, I think they went six and six. What did App do last year? Not as good as six and six. Not as good as my guy, seven and six. Overall, he went 26 and 13, though. Rhett Lashley. He's loved by the App State Nation up there. Good. They can keep him. So that's why I picked him because he was more, I thought he could be shovel ready because he's more local. All right. I like, uh, I went with a kind of a up and comer here you just kind of went with you're hoping that he's kind of your next lincoln riley he's got a chance and first year winning season i like that i like that in but a he took over for uh what's our guy that's at tcu sonny dykes so i mean sonny probably left him a good little cupboard there at smu okay you can say the same about the string of coaches before your guy at app state literally the same argument and he had a he didn't have a winning record yeah but he's been there like three years He's and 20, he didn't have a winning record. He's 26 and 13. He's on the downtrend. My guy's going up. <laughs> they're meeting on the roller coaster. Your guy's on the uptrend at 7 and 6. <laughs> My guy's tick, 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 tick. Your right. guy's going down. Chandler, number five, save us. <laughs> I have Sean Clark, App State. Mm. I have Tom Herman. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good to intro for him. <laughs> Are you going to do that the week we play FAU? Herman's, Tom Herman's Playhouse. Pee Wee Herman jokes. Um, I took Charles Huff. All right. I thought he was a uh, up and comer. He's had success in his two seasons at Marshall. Former Alabama assistant coach. Yeah. Running back. Sixteen and ten at uh, at Marshall. So uh, number six, Chandler. I have Charles Huff. I have Charles Huff. I have Biff Pogi. This guy. Let me My tell you. Goodness. Let me tell you. Why. I love him, but mm. Biff. He was a successful high school coach. He's been successful in the business world as a hedge fund dude. So I figured, you know, why not go with a little wild card at number six that he could just, uh, you know, come in and help buy some players. And just he's been at Michigan, so he's trying to figure out a lot of stuff. I, I, I think I'm going with Biff. Just how cool. I also went with Biff for the factor is I was hoping his press conferences would be like the late, great Mike Leach, which would be good content for Pirate Radio. LB, you're making a mockery of our homework. That is disgusting. Number seven. Chandler. I got a bunch of A's on my homework so far. Chandler, seven. I have Brian Newberry from Navy. I have Sean Clark from Appalachian State at seven. I'm going to go ahead and say that I have Brian Newberry last on my list. I'm going to mm. go ahead and say I have Biff Pogey last on my list. <laughs> I mean, like Brian Newberry. I mean, the guy's never coached a game in his entire life as a head coach. Neither has Biff Pogey. Biff Pogey. Has Biff, he's been a head coach in high school at least. And you want that guy school. at East Carolina? Yes. You're insane. So uh, I have uh, 
uh, Clip Brock, I mean, Rhett Lachey at uh, great pick, value you, pick. You know, just just a guy that I'm banking that he's the next Lincoln Riley at number seven in my draft if Mike Houston retires today. Great pick, eight. Uh, Rhett Lashley from SMU. Kevin Wilson, who I believe was being interviewed here at ECU years ago, right? Many, many moons. I yeah. think he may have gotten a shot. He is a former uh, Tar Heel football player. All right. He's number eight for me. Uh, I'm taking Jeff Trailer here. I'm pulling him out of Texas at number eight. I feel like that's a value slot for him. And uh, Behind Biff Pogey, you have Jeff Trailer. Yes. I think I think you got you to, at some point in your hiring process, you got to roll the dice. And I think Biff is your guy at number six. <laughs> All right, what are we He's on? Ten times better than Brian Newberry at. What did you have Newberry at? Six or seven? Uh, Brian Newberry was uh, fifth. New, but, you know, as athletic director Chandler, when you hire Newberry, you're putting yourself in the hot seat. No, uh, Newberry was a sixth on my list. Right, so right, right in the middle. Who's number nine? Uh, we have. Uh, I got Biff Pogie. I have Brian Newberry. I was going to take Newberry last or at least next to last, but he is a defensive guy. Uh, we, you know, we, we're not capable of running the option here. So my thought was if he was the offensive guy, you don't hire him to bring him here at ECU, but he is a defensive guy. So he could just hire an offensive coordinator to run an offense. I'm just starting to think you don't like the name Biff. Um, I don't. He was He's the a stud uh, looking man. He was the antagonist in. <laughs> back to the future right yeah and that turned me off to biff's my entire life more so the fact that he hasn't been a college football head coach which is what we're hiring here pretty simple and you just took brian newberry who hasn't been a college football high coach he has been a college football assistant coach okay and spoken very highly and shut us down by the way our offense whole nailers remember broke all the records numbers brian newberry shut us down Jeff Trailer, who made his name being a high school coach. Jeff Trailer, who has won a le- Your arguments are awful. He's won double-digit games the last two years. I know, but he, he got started college. As, a, as a high school coach. Yeah. Is where he was a head coach before he became right. a head coach in college. Exactly. So How do you get experience if no one gives you experience? So you are taking a guy who has not done that over the guy who has done that. You're taking Biff. I'm getting the best of both worlds. You love a high school coach. Great. My guy coached high school, and he's won double-digit games twice. Right. So maybe Biff's that next guy. Keyword, who, who, keyword maybe. Who was I your, know trailer's that guy. Who was your, just, who was your pick just then? Number nine, Newberry. Uh, Kevin, Number nine. I took uh, Kevin Wilson. All right. I did, he, had, he didn't have a great run at Indiana. He is. He did play college football at North Carolina. I just he has a There were rumors that he had a bad interview here or something. Yes. You remember I, that? I think that is true. The talks. All right, him and uh, Brady Hoke did not interview yeah. well at East Carolina, according to sources. Sources. Uh, number ten. I've got K Dub, Kevin Wilson. I got Mike Bloomgren, who mm. he is terrible. <laughs> you are terrible. <laughs> I mean, like he he's he. I mean, actually, 10, 11, 12, They yeah. could all be tied for twelfth, in my opinion. I have Trey Lamb here. Only because Gardner Webb went seven and six last year. Okay, he took over a program. Interim, I'm fine with that. Went two and two, and then you know had his own first year, but then last year went seven and six, uh, five and zero oh in his conference. So I, I went Trey Lamb here from Gardner Webb, 
and then uh, next was Bloomberg, and then I've already said Newber- Newberry was last. But you're not even gonna get his name right. Blo- you're, you disrespect him. Bloomberry. That much. You, you know, uh, Bloom Green or Grin. <laughs> Bloom Grin. <laughs> Bloom Grin will be a name you'll have to forget because he won't be here this time next year. Wow. All right. Whoa. You heard it here Hot first. Uh, Ten. Uh, Bloom Grin. I've got eleven. Lamb. I've got twelve. Pogey. How do you round out your list, John? I've got uh, Bloom Grin, Bloomberry, Bloom Green. I've got him uh, second to last, and I have Trey Lamb. All right. There's the list. Uh, Biggest contention points were Jeff Trailer and Biff Pogey, I guess, and Rhett Lashley. But Ellerby, would you like to admit you just don't know football or not? Oh, this was a football list? (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, this wasn't basketball? I'm I'm going off of... We spent 20 minutes talking basketball. (laughs) I honestly kept thinking about how much the coaches, Mike Houston and and others, talked about uh, Brian Newberry last year before the game, and then his defense, you know, shut us down. So, I think you're undervaluing Newberry. Newberry. Not, Not... He's number 12. I think you're undervaluing Biff. Maybe so. I got to see it to believe it. Are we gonna? Maybe we need to do a watch party when UTSA plays Charlotte this year. All right, that's a huge game (laughs) for our credibility. Let's check and see if that game's being played. If they're (laughs) they're matching up, but uh, that's going to be a big game in the conference this year if it's being played. There's going to be a lot of stakes in that game for Clip Brock and Ellerby and Chandler. I'll take uh, the Roadrunners minus uh, minus six right now. Minus whatever. All right, there you have it. So. If yep. they play, which uh, Ellerby, unfortunately, uh, not going to see that match. Man, what a bummer! They do Mike not Oresco play. got us again. No 49ers well, and Roadrunners uh, this year. We're like Biff Pogi. Biff is a cool name. Biff. All right, Ellerby. Thanks I, for hanging out. I think your homework is to get Biff on this summer. Maybe you'll like him better. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to talk to him. All That'd right. be good. All right, uh, enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. Come up with a homework topic between now and then. We'll do. All right, we'll switch gears a little bit and talk some baseball when we return from Ahmed Farid from NBC Sports Peacock, MLB on Peacock. We'll talk a little O's, Braves, and look around the league when we return on Pirate Radio Live after these words. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself? When you can be a pirate. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Brownie Wood is your home of the best selection of GMC, Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in eastern North Carolina since 1937. Shop their entire inventory online at brownandwoodauto.com or visit them on Greenville Boulevard. Brownie Wood, Greenville's number one dealership and the home of the lifetime powertrain warranty. Now, let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. Shirley, you sound good on the website. Listen live. We are skipping in other areas, which is very frustrating for you and us as well. Having some internet issues, and uh, hope to get those resolved. But maybe you can check out the uh, the live listen feed on the audio. 
uh skip is here think speaking of things skipping hey skip jamie wanted to debate his basketball comments he says that uh i am intentionally screwing with the feed so because (laughs) because i know jamie is right that is incorrect jamie you know i love a healthy debate here on this show and i would never sabotage equipment uh on purpose to get out of a debate so uh, that is certainly not the case at all uh craig said ellerby's hair looks like the hair you snap onto the head of a lego person it's gorgeous shiny hair helmet that's nice of you to say craig i'll pass that along to jonathan very very nice all right um let's move along and hear from ahmed farid this is cool he joins us from mlb on peacock talk about what's going on this year and look around major league baseball host of mlb sunday leadoff and he joins us today on pirate radio live ahmed appreciate your time how you doing hey cliff thanks for having me always ready to talk baseball (laughs) yes sir and uh and let's uh first of all talk about what you guys have going on at peacock as a braves fan uh, I am all for baseball being available on television. I was uh, spoiled as a kid uh, with the Braves being on TBS every night that I wanted them. And uh, and you guys have uh, something cool going on at Peacock with the Sunday day uh, game of the day. And that uh, starts off with MLB a Sunday leadoff. So tell us about uh, Sunday leadoff and, uh, and what we can expect this year. Yeah, basically what it is is that, you know, we've had Sunday night baseball for, for years, the tradition on ESPN. We're trying to kind of create that tradition at the top of Sunday, the beginning of the day. And so our game starts 1130 Eastern, sometimes uh, noon Eastern. And what it does is it kicks off what I think is the best baseball viewing day of the week. Sunday might be a little biased on that. But, yeah, we try to feature and, and highlight some of the best stories in Major League Baseball with our exclusive window. And we do have the Atlanta Braves coming up and that game actually will be also on nbc so you'll watch that on traditional tv coming up in uh, a little over a week from now um so yeah but most of our games are on peacock so you stream them on your tv if you have a smart tv just like you do everything else and so i've enjoyed the the property so much because i think it's got a good mix of of expertise we bring in local analysts but we have a whole lot of fun we try not to take ourselves too seriously with it too Awesome stuff talking to Ahmed Farid, who joins us here on the Pirate Radio Live Line. And, uh, yeah, it'll be Braves and Orioles, and uh, we have an Orioles connection here at Pirate Radio, uh, your radio home for the Orioles here in eastern North Carolina. And, man, uh, talk about uh, a great start to the season for Baltimore. Last year, Ahmed played, uh, you know, caught some people off guard, had some expectations this year, and and so far are uh, living up to those expectations. I mean, it was not a fluke last year. And you really can't have a fluke through a whole 162-game season. And the Orioles were very good for a long stretch of it. We had them last year when the Angels came to town. And that was right in the middle of their their awesome stretch that got the basically the whole baseball community up and watching and got their attention that the Orioles are for real. There were so many fans at the ballpark, I remember, Cliff. And part of it was it was Hawaiian Shirt Day. Too, oh yeah, Saturday. So that was part of it. It was good giveaways along with a with a good baseball team. But yeah, and the cool thing about the the Orioles side of it is it's the the names that make sense are producing. Adley Rutschman, we've heard about him for so long, being one of the best catchers in the minor leagues, and he's playing awesome. And Jorge Mateo at short, and so the 
the offense makes sense and those guys we've been talking about for a while, but the bullpen has been so good for them as well with Felix Bautista back there as their closer. So it's just it's a team that you look at it and there aren't that many weaknesses and so fifteen and seven or whatever they are right now, it's like, yeah, that that looks like a, a team that should be a few games above five hundred. Yeah, bad news for them. They're in the same division as the Tampa uh Bay Rays, who are twenty and three. Uh, right now, just uh, absolutely cruising. 14-0 and at home are the Rays. Uh, on the NL side of things, another shocker uh, for the team leading right now in wins, and that is the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, at 16-7. and Braves sitting at 15-8 and after Spencer Strider's awesome performance last night. Uh, so looking at the NL, my Braves are looking good. But, man, how about the Pirates? What else is kind of standing out to you about the National League so far, Hamid? Yeah, so I just said that the Orioles, it kind of makes sense, right? It's like, yeah, I can see this. Uh, the Pirates makes no sense. Like, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. It's like Andrew McCutcheon comes back, supposed to be a farewell tour, and now he is hitting 275 with four bombs. Like, wait a second, that's like the old Andrew McCutcheon, and their their pitching staff is not much to write home about, but they have been producing so far. And this is what I think is, is so cool about early on in the season is that, yeah, you might say, okay, they're not a 16 and 17, the Pittsburgh Pirates, but they have racked up those wins and those are banked now. And so, yeah, they're going to go through some rough stretches and downtimes, but you know, they might have another hot streak again. They've proven they can do it. And so if they can keep themselves around 500 in August, September, I mean, we're talking in the wild card discussion, which I think would be a win for anyone who uh, calls themselves a Pirates fan to see this year as a, one of those where you can talk about the team legitimately through more than half of the season would be awesome. Ahmed, when you look at, at what baseball did with some of these rule changes, it, it was pretty dramatic, and especially a strict pitch clock. And, and we talked about it, you know, how how would all this work? And, and nobody ever can get on board 100% with something one way or the other. But it seems like, and, and I could be wrong, but from people I talk to, baseball fans, they like the pace now. We, we see it a lot in the college game. We cover East Carolina baseball, and uh, it, it goes with a great pace. The, the games are shorter this year. Same can be said for Major League Baseball. So how about these rule changes, Ahmed? What what do you think of them? Uh, I guess the bigger bases, I haven't noticed that as much, the, the banning of the shift, but most importantly, the pitch clock. How do you think everything's going right now? Yeah, I was pretty optimistic that people would like it um, from seeing some of the minor league games last year. But, of course, you have the traditionalists that they don't touch the game. And I get that. It's like the great thing about baseball is that there is no clock. It's just a leisurely game, America's pastime. That was kind of the charm of it. But the pace had gotten so slow. And I think just as year went on, as years went on, the batters took a little extra time. Pitchers took a little extra time. And we got to a point where it's like, yeah, you should be able to finish a game before three hours, three and a half hours, um, especially one nothing game. So I think anyone who has seen it, even if you're a traditionalist, and you say, I don't want a clock. Hopefully you don't even recognize the clock or notice the clock. You just notice a faster pace. And if I've noticed it with myself, too, that if I'm sitting at home on the couch, zoning out, scrolling on Twitter or TikTok, if I do that long enough, I'm missing like four or five innings. I'm like, I can't do that. In the, in the past, I could do it, maybe miss one or two batters. Here, I'm missing whole uh, half innings. So I think it just, you know, which is what baseball wants. You stand up, you got to keep your attention on the game, and, uh, and the game will fly by before you know it. 
Oh, man, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I see you, you've covered uh, a lot of baseball on the West Coast. So um, how about your baseball background? Uh, who who uh, Do you show your rooting interest on uh, MLB Sunday leadoff, or do you remain unbiased uh, as a baseball reporter? I've let it be known. I grew up in Michigan, so I'm a Detroit Tigers fan. Oh, okay. Like, they're so bad that no, no one cares. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's fine. He can show his rooting interest on a team that's going to lose 90 games uh, this year. But, you know, I, I worked out in the West Coast, covered the Giants and A's for a handful of years, spent two years at Major League Baseball Network, and so covering every team there. And I've I've always loved baseball growing up. And the cool thing is, is that with our new Peacock package is that I'm getting to work with so many different baseball broadcasters, former players from each and every team. Dexter Fowler was part of our broadcast yeah. crew, former Rocky, and last time Ruben Amaro was also part of it, the longtime GM of the Phillies. I get to stand next to Nick Swisher for <laughs> a lot of the games, and so it's like I'm an energy drinks guy, but if I don't have one, I don't need it because Nick Swisher is right there uh, screaming at me right next to me. So that's the cool part for me is that we, we have a lot of different people, not just one set crew, like each and every game is a little bit different because the people involved are a little bit different. Awesome stuff. Talking to Ahmed Farid. Uh, Ahmed, before we let you go, uh, what are you excited about uh, this season moving forward uh, with MLB on Peacock? It's uh, it's it's a great start to the season. I love the surprises. We talked about the Pirates, the O's playing well. Uh, so what else are you looking forward to this season? I, I just – I appreciate the stories of the players who are emerging that we didn't think would emerge. And some of those guys in the MVP conversation that maybe we wouldn't have thought would be in the MVP conversation. Of course, you got the Aaron Judges and the Shohei Otanes, but as the year goes on, that's kind of what gets me excited. It's like, who's in this conversation, Rookie of the Year, that we didn't really think that they would be here. I think as the season goes on, those are the kind of stories I watch, but we just try to have fun, Cliff, on our on our program don't take ourselves too seriously and so hopefully if you watch it you'll you'll feel that too all right sundays on peacock mlb sunday leadoff and then uh, a game of the week and uh, as ahmed said we got a little uh, o's and braves coming up a little while from now ahmed uh, thanks for joining us man uh, good luck this season looking forward to checking it out and uh, great talking baseball with you today sounds good cliff appreciate it Ahmed Farid joining us on Pirate Radio Live today. And I saw a stat uh, this afternoon before the show. Uh, 30 Major League Baseball teams. The teams with the 27th, 28th, and 29th lowest payrolls. Three of out of the four lowest payrolls in Major League Baseball teams are in first place right now. Now, it's a small sample size, but that's the Pirates. Um... And I shouldn't say first place. I should say teams with the best records. The Pirates, the Orioles, and the Rays all down there uh, near the bottom, at the bottom of payrolls. O's have 15 wins this year. That is the second most in the American League behind, of course, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are 20-3. and three. Pittsburgh Pirates have 16 wins. That is the most in the National League. Uh, uh, league. A game ahead of the Braves, a game ahead of the Brewers who have 15. So these things are going to change, specifically the Pirates probably. Uh, I think the O's have a little bit of staying power. I think the Rays do as well, but not at the clip they're at right now. But uh, Baltimore 
actually has the longest winning streak right now in major league baseball tied with the pirates with seven straight wins so uh o's by the way will take on the red sox coming up tonight right here on pirate radio all right let's take a break we'll come back we'll wrap up hour number one and get you set for hour two on a tuesday edition of pirate radio live more to go after this You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Oh, stream's down. I just made a sign. Now I won't get to put it in front of the camera. What a shame. Having some uh, internet issues. We hope to have those fixed soon, and it is uh, very frustrating for uh, for us and you. I'll just put it that way. Uh, but the show must go on. Coming up in hour number two, Mike Mullis will join us to talk Pirate Baseball. Coming up in hour number three, really uh, looking forward to chatting with Paul Lucas from UniWatch. I've been a fan for years and uh, he will actually be in town. If you don't know who Paul Lucas is, uh, stay tuned, and we'll tell you the story. Uh, if you are a fan, then uh, you'll be looking forward to it. He basically covers all things uniforms and has been doing so for 20-plus years. And back when he first started doing it, and I, I'll reference this when I chat with him later today, he would have basically intros to the the upcoming seasons major league baseball nba nfl nhl and have all of the jersey changes that were happening and it was very very minute details like the baltimore orioles were adding an orange stripe to their sleeve it was something as minor as that and and for whatever reason that fascinated me back in the day well now every team has 12 uniforms and 14 hats and eight different socks and all that stuff so he stays busy with that he also has something called purple amnesty day he celebrated last year in uh, coors field in colorado this year he will be here in greenville coming up for the ecu campbell game so he'll actually be in town he'll be at the game he'll be at coco's and uh be having a fun time so looking forward to him coming here but we'll be talking to paul lucas from UniWatch coming up at five o'clock also bryce williams coming up in hour number three as well taking a look at the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by dub buck canes looking to close it out tonight hurricanes and islanders 
game five in raleigh and that is seven o'clock on espn at eight o'clock clock it's the wild and the stars that series tied at two games apiece they play in dallas oilers and kings also tied at two apiece they play tonight in edmonton looking at scores from last night devils took a or tied the series rather at two to two as they knocked off the rangers so they go back to new jersey the maple leafs beat the lightning in overtime to take a three to one series lead they scored three goals in the third and one in ot to win it five to four vegas knocked off winnipeg four to two in game four of that series vegas up three to two and the kraken win to tie their series with the avalanche two to two is that series going on tonight in the association the hawks will try to stave off elimination boston up 3-1 in that series over atlanta by the way every spread tonight in the nba 10 plus points celtics are 13 point favorites nuggets will try to close out their series they are 10 point favorites against minnesota suns are 12 and a half point favorites against the clippers as they try to close out their series uh coming up tonight against la and last night it was the heat over the bucks uh 119 to 114 if you missed it you missed an all-time performance by jimmy butler he goes for 56 points 19 of 28 from the field 15 of 18 from the free throw line added nine rebounds 56 for jimmy butler including a huge fourth quarter as the heat came back uh, with a big fourth quarter scored 41 points to the bucks 25 in the final frame and knocked off milwaukee 119 to 114 which uh sent future guests this week Corey glore into a depression last night on twitter and the lakers win it in overtime lebron james 22 points 20 rebounds seven assists and the lakers knock off the grizzlies to take a three to one series lead uh that was in overtime last night all that going on on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck nearly had a perfect game and a no hitter last night ended up with neither as spencer strider from the braves was absolutely cruising along in the game against the marlins the braves ended up winning the game 11 to nothing but strider last night goes eight innings allowed two hits first runner to reach base was on a matt olsen error error uh, but strider finishes with 13 strikeouts he is three and oh on the season and is the league leader in strikeouts at least at last check and is looking good for a uh you know cy young front runner here early in the season but the braves uh, snapped a losing streak last night by beating the marlins 11 to nothing the orioles uh with a nice comeback win last night against the boston red sox o's were down four nothing in that game came back to win it five to four for their seventh straight win so the o's are streaking right now and they will take on boston coming up tonight at 6 35 i believe we'll go we'll go uh players lounge josh moylan interview after this show shirley and then go into o's am i correct on that or incorrect we're gonna go right into the o's going right into the o's all right so you can hear the moylan interview whenever you want on youtube facebook or downloaded in podcast form we'll go right into o's and red Sox. we'll talk to mark brown later this week from camdenchat.com but baltimore is 15 and seven second most wins in the american league right now all right let's take a break when we return our two pirate radio live we'll talk some pirate baseball with mully we'll let him diagnose what happened 
against Wichita State over the weekend. And uh, talk more with the Mully Man when we return. Pirate Radio Live after this. to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back from Sales to Service. Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. You can shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World, across from Speedway at Bells Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton for his sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pi Radio Live here on a Tuesday. And we are live, and things happen when you're live, including internet failures which we are suffering right now, which is why we are not streaming. But um, you can check us out uh, crystal clear and interruption-free on the website, pr927fm.com, and click Listen Live. Your other options are um, tailgating in the UBE parking lot and just listening on the speaker out there. It's always an option. Or we could do a live studio audience in here. Or you can just come in here and (laughs) sit in our lobby and listen to us. Ah, sigh. Do we have Mully on the Pirate Radio live line? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let's get Mike Mullis on the show. That'd be cool. Coming up, Hour 3, Paul Lucas, UniWatch will join us. Also, Bryce Williams via the phone. Bryce sent me a text this morning, or it might have been last, it was last night, and said he might be, and I don't have my phone in front of me, I'm charging it, something, uh, doing something on a boat with Jay, maybe. But he said, at the very least, we'd get a Pirate Radio Outdoors report from But I uh, might talk a little draft as well coming up in hour number three of today's program. Uh, so th- got that on the way. Also, uh, Marcus Crandall and I talked earlier today to Kerry Joseph. He is the assistant quarterbacks coach with the Seattle Seahawks. They are getting ready for the NFL draft. And we talked to Kerry Joseph about geno smith about their season last year about prepping for the draft about uh holton aylers he said that uh aylers is on a list of players for him to scout so um you know that that does that mean that i guess all that means is that there's a chance that the seahawks do bring him in whether it's a draft pick or whether it's a rookie free agent uh he could potentially in there or any of the other 31 teams in the nfl but uh, we had that, and that is available on YouTube and on Facebook, and we'll uh, we'll air that for the radio audience coming up on Thursday when the Cran Man joins us. But it was fun to uh, talk to an NFL coach earlier today, Chandler. Yeah, and uh, it's great connections that Marcus Crandall has with him, obviously, in the Canadian Football League. Both of them are Grey Cup champions. I believe I read that, uh, that he was a Grey Cup champion as well as Marcus Crandall. But, yeah, it's great to talk to a uh, – a professional NFL coach, uh, an assistant quarterbacks coach for the Seattle Seahawks, and and what a great coach to talk to because 
Uh, one of the storylines in the NFL last year was Geno Smith, a guy that's been in the league for 10-plus years now. I remember him a long time ago at West Virginia and uh, hasn't had the best years in the NFL. Yeah. But last year, he had a fantastic one, a year that a lot of people you know, doubted the Seahawks because of having Geno Smith as their quarterback. But they ended up having a really good year under Geno. I wrote was, him off, Chandler. Yeah. And he didn't write back. And, and I didn't write back. That's a famous line from uh, Geno Smith. Yeah, so. that's why I just said it. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We've got more uh, NFL coach comments, including Frank Reich, that we'll get to later on this hour, Chandler, that you may be interested in as a Panthers fan. But right now, we'll go out to the Pirate Radio Live line and talk to Mike Mullis, who joins us here on the program. What's up, Mully? Hey, buddy. What's happening? uh quite a bit quite a bit got uh nba playoffs starting to get a little more in tune with that and also the hurricanes trying to advance to round two with the win tonight you've got that you got pirate baseball nfl draft on thursday uh i don't know talladega on sunday another major coming up uh in a few weeks so if you look at it that way molly there's actually quite a ecu basketball adds two commits here to start the week there's actually a lot going on if you look at it that way yeah that was kind of rhetorical but that was quite a summation <laughs> I, i'm uh kind of surprised that you didn't lead with the aaron Rodgers thing because i as soon as that went down I, I really expected a text or a phone call or something but I, I didn't know if maybe you were saving it you know what's funny is it was such a foregone conclusion that I didn't even. I thought about it more when it first came around uh, that, hey, Mully's going to be happy. Aaron Rodgers is out of his life finally. But um, yeah, Mully, you know what? I didn't even think about you or it really because it had been such a talked about thing that we kind of knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when, not if. Look, man, I hope he has a great year. I hope he plays in at least 65% of their games so we can get the additional first round pick. I, I think that. Uh, you know, I don't think you have to be a genius to understand that the Packers got a pretty good haul on that deal, all things considered. Right, because the talk going into it, right, was they didn't they lost all the leverage. Like, what are they going to get at this point? And if you went into it with that on your mind, you came out feeling pretty darn good, I would think, at the return. Yeah, I, I don't think his time in the, with the Jets will even come close to outlasting his impact with the Packers through the trade. I mean, he, again, the cat's 39. He's indecisive as to whether or not he wants to play seemingly every year. Be interested to see what the exact deal is that he gets with the Jets. Uh, I, I, I mean, look, I, I think it's addition by subtraction for the Packers at this point. I think we got a long year coming this year. Uh, but but I, I think the future is bright as, as long as, you know, as long as, Again, we capitalize on these opportunities that 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 we you know have been given and literally given. Kind of crazy history repeating itself. Uh, Two thousand eight, so like fifteen years ago, Brett Favre goes to New York. Aaron Rodgers takes over as the starter in two thousand eight, and then fifteen years prior to that, Brett Favre uh, became the first you know first time he's a full time starter was 1993 so these 15 year intervals and now you've got both Favre and Rodgers going to the same team after their time in Green Bay with the Jets kind of weird yeah and i don't know if you saw but apparently uh Rodgers has decided a, a a number change he's going to the number 8 and i, I don't I, I i'm sure there's some significance that i'm just not aware of but i i thought that was kind of a 
I don't know. I say interesting. I just I kind of wonder why. But I don't know. Maybe a, I don't know what number he wore in college or maybe high school. I don't know whatever it is. But he's going to number eight. Well, the, so that'll be. I think that AFC is no joke. I mean, now that that that's whoever comes out of that thing, you would think should be a shoe in to uh, to win the Super Bowl. But at the same time, man, they're going to beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, and I mean, you've got, I, I guess it's due to Joe Namath, right? And the 12 being retired. Would that be the reason? Well, I, you know what? There you go. Yeah. Good job. Better be. All right. Hey, man. Hey, look, anytime I can pick up Molly, I feel good. I, I, I feel I my day is set now. I'm, I'm good to go. Uh, NFL draft coming up Thursday night. Molly, it uh, looks like the Panthers have their guy. That guy is going to be Bryce Young. And. How about this? Would you? I get. I've been doing this with with Panthers fans this week, and even other NFL fans. Would you rather have the number one pick or Jordan Love? I guess the answer would be number one pick, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. And, and look, I, I will say. I, I mean, and I said it before. I I do think this is the kind of the weakest year to have made to made the play to get the number one overall right. pick. But of course, we won't know that for what. Well, what is the success if it's seven years and he's played uh, quarterback or started quarterback for five of them i guess it was well worth you know the risk but well I, do you well you're not getting that long these days i was gonna say do you need that long but the uh, the truth is you don't get that long i mean look at jared Goff, who went to a super bowl and they got rid of him as the number one pick immediately uh you, i mean and look in other spots you don't you don't get seven years anymore no well I, and yeah you're right and and, and i you know the big deal with him from everything that I hear and read is how pro ready he is mentally. And, you know, so, and, and you know, I kind of gave him two years as a, as a kind of a backup, you know, the heir apparent opportunity to learn. The problem is uh, I don't know who he's going to learn from. That's going to be of much benefit to him. Well, I have the answer I mean, for that, Molly. I got the, uh, the red rifle there, Andy Dalton. Well, again, I'm not sure who, you know, who, <laughs> Andy Dalton, Andy Andy Dalton, six eight years ago would have been, yeah, uh, you know, okay, all right, I can see that. But you know, you may see him out there pretty soon. But I, you know, I, I tell you what, the, the the press on him is is really impressive, and it's it, it's truly a you know a height weight thing, right? That's the scary part about him. But if you look at the if you look at the body work, if you look at, I mean, it's not like the guys in the SEC are tiny. Um, so you know you got to feel like it, it should be interesting, and at least it's a reason for people to talk about the Panthers. But it does seem like a very Panther thing. Like, hey, we got our first round pick. Yeah, he's like five eight and a buck. <laughs> I mean, you know, that just seems very Panther like. Well, I didn't know this until Tony was talking about him. I honestly have not studied Bryce Young in his career, but Tony Dunn, uh, C3 podcast, obviously is going over every detail about these guys being a Panthers fan. And he said that he has been groomed since like elementary school, middle school to be an NFL quarterback. He's almost like these kids in Europe that get in these soccer academies when they're eight years old and grow up yeah going to school but also training to be a pro soccer player their entire life so it sounds like this was there you kind of touched on it molly that he has been on this path for a, a very very long time so we'll see how that works out i know there's been other guys was it um and i was looking at this name earlier today was were you marinovich todd marinovich from uh from years and years ago i remember was one of these uh prodigies and it never worked out in the nfl but we've seen some of these cases hit some miss yeah ryan leaf i mean 
look, I, I, the fact that he's that all that that grooming's there, whatever. I mean, there were lots of guys that got in the ring with Mike Tyson that had a plan until he punched him in the mouth. So I mean, I, I you know, I, the, the best laid plans of Mike have been. We'll see. I mean, again, it, it is an interesting deal, but it's not. It's not overly exciting. It's just I think that, I think it's it literally is one of those things where you just go, well, I'll let you know how I feel about it. Uh, you know, three or four years from now. Talking to Mike Mullis, Mully, I've been giving out uh, fake pirate radio money, which we've been doing to you for years, right? So, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give you some fake pirate radio bucks, and you have to lay a bet on uh, over or under one and a half. ECU players being picked in this year's draft. Are you going over or under one and a half? Over. 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 All right. Yeah. Um. You said that confidently, and is that Keaton Mitchell and Holton Aylers? Are they the two? Yeah, that would be who I would think has the greatest chance. But I, you know, you got a couple outliers. The big tight end. You got you know wide out. I mean, so I, I think there's enough guys. There, there are enough guys in the mix. That I think you, I think you got to end up with two. It gives your pick value with the with the other. Okay, all right, and I mean, it, for me, it speaks to the rise of Holt Naylor's just since he's been done with football at ECU, right? Like it, it, he has really raised his uh, his profile, his draft profile since he played that final game against Coastal Carolina. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting to me. Um, I think it's a combination of obviously the work he's put in. And I mean, not that I'm a guru as it relates to much of anything in life, but just watching him throw on the, you know, on the pieces that have been on social media or, or you know, different places, he has looked greatly improved. But I, I tell you, I think there's been a great job with his, uh, kind of his hype machine, too. I think that, that you know, this stuff doesn't typically happen organically. Uh, and I don't think it's accidental that it shows up in this market. But I, but I think that whoever has gotten in front of making sure this stuff gets out to the public, uh, they've done a great job. So, I mean, yeah, kudos to him. I, you know, it, it's just ironic you've not seen or heard nearly as much, if, if any, about the other guys. And I'm sure that, that they've had very successful all-seasons as well. Sure. Uh, you know, great great job by, by Holton and, and, you know, his, his team and, and all the work that they've all collectively put in. Uh, but I think it has paid dividends with the fact that, you know, he's on the tips of lots of uh, lots of tongues, especially in East North Carolina. We we obviously have a little geography bias, but um, yeah, hoping to hoping the best for all of them. And and I, I mean, what an exciting time! Uh, you know, sit back, wait for your name, and and it's a cool deal. And uh, obviously, another thing helping Holton too is when he can actually talk to these teams, talk to these coaches, scouts, because you you find out quickly. Uh, how he is, you know, wise beyond his years. Even though he's been, he's probably what thirty two now. He's uh, he's been around so long, but he's got a, a great head on his shoulders. He's got those leadership qualities. I could see teams saying, "All right, I, I want this guy to be around." You know, this is a guy you want around the team. So that that's only going to help him. Yeah, and I I think a lot of the personality stuff um, really figures in you know, to the much higher picks, like the, hey, we, this would be a great clubhouse guy. I think you see the great clubhouse guys, if there's if there's not the talent that they think is, is needed, then those are the guys that end up being the kind of the free agent picks and that kind of thing. But, I, you know, I, I think um, he's an interesting combination. And, and I think his greatest tool is 
is his toughness, and and he has displayed that repeatedly uh, in his time here. So I mean, if you know, I, I do like the comparison to kind of the big left-handed Josh Allen type body, and uh, you know the, the 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 physicality with which he plays. So yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. I, I you know, I mean, is Keaton Mitchell the the kind of the DJ Johnson mold. I, I like him a lot as uh, like a Dave Maggot guy. You remember him with the Giants, kind of a little Maggot who uh, did a lot of his damage in the return game, Molly. Yeah, he could catch him and run him back. So I, you know, it'll be. Um, I think it'll be a good weekend for the Pirates. Hopefully, a little better weekend than last weekend. Uh yeah, great segue, Molly. Uh, I know, I know, off the top of my head, the number of hits between the teams was forty-one to fourteen, which is outrageous. Uh, the score was 23 to three, I believe something to that regard. Uh, I don't know. You, you got anything to say that everybody else hadn't said at this point, what went wrong for the pirates? I mean, I, I don't know how much went necessarily wrong for the pirates. I think Wichita state, uh, played extremely well. They used four pitchers in three games. They go, you know, two, two, two complete games on the weekend. Uh, they banged the ball around. They, they didn't strike out a whole lot. I mean, I, I think they had a plan. They stayed with their plan. Uh, I mean, I, I just think it was a, a quality team. It, you know, you look at a team like Wichita State and how they played, that, you know, this is the time of year that you want to see things like that. Like, you know, it's the old don't want to peak too early, uh, that kind of deal. Man, it looks like they're kind of putting some things together. You know, and they've got a grizzled vet in the dugout with Lauren Hibbs, who was there. Uh, you know, back in the days with 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 Gene Stevenson, back when back when Wichita State was Wichita State. You know, they were going to the World Series. Yep. They were winning World Series, and I, I think there's a lot to be said for for that culture being returned to that program. Yeah, I know I've brought this up before, but Molly, I, I remember 90s uh, College World Series. I want to say it was on like CBS. For some reason, I remember watching college world series games on cbs and i remember cal state fullerton like who the heck is this who the heck is wichita state but i remember them uh from back they were they were big time players back then and uh and i didn't know they had those connections to the glory years maybe that'll get them back there sooner rather than later because they had what eric wedge and it went south i guess yeah yeah eric wedge who was the manager in kinston and manager with the end uh, Eric Wedge was actually over there when I threw BP for the Indians, so I got to know Wedgie pretty well. And uh, but yeah, I, you know, I had a chance to speak with him some while while they were in town last year. And even then, it was a little bit of an interesting kind of tone with it. And I can't, you know, can't really put my finger on it. And obviously, those things are easy to say, you know, in retrospect. But it, it, you know, maybe it's the old some guys just prefer the pro game, and some guys, you know, the college game. Their pitching coach. Uh, drawn a Blake on his name, but he pitched in the big leagues for lots of years. Uh, and he's been there, I think this is his fifth or sixth season. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, and, and again, from what I understand, Wedge just kind of, as the school year was starting, he just made the decision to step down and they were able to, to reach out to uh, Coach Hibbs. You know, when Coach Hibbs was at, he left Wichita State to go to UNC Charlotte. Uh, so he's no stranger to, you know, to, to, to the conference and to, uh, are playing, you know, in, in that in this type of conference. So, um, you know, I, you, I think they're pretty good, Clip. I really do. I think they're pitching. They're pitching. They didn't do any one thing that was just amazing. 
but they they were competitive in the zone. They they didn't they didn't throw those non-competitive pitches that are are useless. In other words, it, you know you could throw a very useful ball called ball to set up where you want to go in this at bat. And they did a they did a really good job of staying around the zone. So I mean, I that lefty the first night, man, he was good, and he went out. You know, he had a little league weekend. He went out with the DH and tore it up at the plate and. You know, he pitched great. I mean, I'm sure he got like ice cream after the weekend. You know, he played, uh, he played, he played great. So I, I think that uh, the little uh, Roden, the little uh, like leadoff guy, two spot guy, really good player. I just think they're a pretty decent team, uh, and I think they're kind of figuring it out right now. I don't know that it's necessarily solely a knock on what the Pirates did. I think they just executed better. Hey, well, they might have had a sleepover Saturday night after uh, him and his buddies. Watch a movie, get some pizza. <laughs> Molly, 22 runs were put up last time NC State and East Carolina met, 13-9. to Pirates picked up the slugfest win. Do you anticipate uh, a similar game tonight? Do you think uh, somebody's going to have to hit double digits to win this, or what kind of game are you anticipating? Man, I, I don't know. I, the only thing I can tell you is it's going to go nine innings. I, I don't – I mean – and I don't mean that, that it's going to take nine to win it. I, I it, These teams are – it's a very unique position to have two teams that we hold in such high regard from quality baseball teams to both be coming off sweeps on the weekend. Yeah. Obviously, both teams burned a lot of pitching. Uh, you know, you, you got to hope that Root can go out, and, and, and I'm just assuming he's the starter tonight, but – you got to hope that he can go out and you know maybe get into the fifth. If he gets into the fifth, you got to kind of like where you are. Maybe you know maybe you see a a, a little flash outing by your Savage in there just to get back out there a little bit. Obviously, I don't think you see him for long, knowing you got a you know you got a big conference weekend coming up on Friday. And again, you may not see him at all. I don't know, but I I don't know. It's it, Cliff. I have no idea. And I had somebody ask me earlier, a big state fan, about the game and we were both kind of just shaking our heads and it's that look of I mean who knows what you're going to get tonight I, I don't anticipate uh like a 3-2 or 4-2 5-4 ball game I yeah. I would anticipate you would see a, a you know maybe a touchdown and a field goal on each side but I man who knows I mean I, I just I, I don't think these teams though I think it's literally hey let's revert back to the beginning let's revert back to basics so let's you know let's win literally it is trying to win every pitch at this point refocus uh, and try to execute your game plan, and then let's just see where it shakes out. Because, I, I, I mean, both these teams are, you know, kind of scratching their head, I would think, at this point. Mike Mullis joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. Mully, do you, uh, if I asked you who uh, the top three teams are now in baseball, and the Braves and the Brewers have 15 wins, so basically the top five. Who are the top five winning baseball teams right now in Major League Baseball uh, with 15-plus wins? Could, uh, you, well, the, I know you can name the Rays, right? So you got them. The Rays, they've won that many at home. They are pretty much 14-0 and 0 at home, 20 wins on the year. The other two teams, Molly, the Orioles and the Pirates. Is that uh, – are we just wait- now, now, Cliff, wait a minute. The Pirates now, that's an eye raiser. That's kind of a Yeah, history. 16 and 14, 7. Well, we, the Orioles, we saw this last year and kept the same thing. I mean, it was like, what? It, it, Adley Rushman, I don't care who the MVP is. 
Adley Rushman is the MVP. Like I don't, hmm. I don't care who they name. I, their record since he's been there is crazy. Yeah. And when I say crazy, I mean crazy compared to before him. Not that, you know, not that they made World Series runs, but but he, man, he has changed that team, and now they've got, you know, the little second baseman they brought up. Uh, hopefully, we'll see Connor Norby. I mean, I think his battle play up there right now. We talked to Malcolm last week. Apparently, Norby's been playing a little in the outfield, Mully, to, yeah. to try to get him up yeah. there. Yeah. Well, and that shows you what they think of his bat. Yeah. Hey, we, we like that kid, and. Let's let's find a way to get him in the lineup, and you know, so hey, go run around in the grass and make sure you you know make sure you can catch the ball when it comes to you, and more importantly, you know, do your thing at the plate. So I, you know, I the, yeah, the Pirates are like you know that's that's kind of the major league. Like who are these guys? Uh, and and I feel very confident they will not be not be there at the end. But I, I mean, the Orioles and, and the, the Rays, the Rays are just dominating people i mean they're not they are dominant and you know there was big talk as they went into the toronto series of what a week ago that all oh, this is going to tell the tale and they just freaking dismantled the, the the blue jays so and the blue jays are good so i mean who knows rays right now have a run differential of plus 93 which is insane for 23 games pretty good yeah that's pretty good molly enjoyed the chat man have a good rest of your week and we'll uh, talk to you again soon Sounds great, buddy. Thanks, man. There is Mike Mullis talking a little sports with us today on Pirate Radio Live, East Carolina, NC State coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll have a lineup for you in uh, about 35 to 45 minutes. That should drop, and we'll pass that along to you. Let's take a break. More to go. Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. We're back with you after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by university pc care your local tech support experts for all your business needs let university pc care take care of it so you can take care of business visit universitypccare.com to learn more today now back to the show welcome back do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event we'll keep it local and print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswearenc.com the official sportswear provider of pirate radio now let's head back in uh to prl here is your host clip rock coming up hour three paul lucas the uni watch will join us on the show talk about the powder purples he will be celebrating purple amnesty day something he came up with uh coming up in a couple weeks from now a few weeks from now when East Carolina takes on Campbell here at home in May on that Tuesday night. I believe that is Tuesday the 16th. And he will be in town. He'll be throwing out the first pitch, apparently. He'll be hanging out at Coco's. And uh, we will talk all things uniforms coming up with Paul Lucas at 5 o'clock. Bryce Williams also going to join us in our number three of today's show and we'll make you a winner as well. All right. Um, I've heard Tony Dunn and some guys when they're breaking down anthony richardson and tony tony said he has a type 
and his type is the cam newton type and he said he's intrigued by richardson because of his tools and his size his athleticism all that and richardson uh yeah his arm where he throws the football very important for a quarterback richardson you know is going to get those comparisons he doesn't think he should be compared to anybody but this quote is only going to make me compare him more to cam newton i read a quote on twitter from richardson that says as a player i'm not human i'm an alien i don't think i can be compared to anybody if that don't sound like cam newton then i don't know what does so i'm going to continue to compare him to cam newton now this quote is written out in normal letters and not the weird letters that cam has Not the strange the cam newton font <laughs> yeah so he doesn't do that apparently but uh he is i don't know i guess you're going to be fascinated chandler to see what happens with all these quarterbacks because you have an opportunity to pick all these quarterbacks yeah so if you pick bryce young you're going to be looking in the uh peeking around the corner saying all right what did stroud do this week what did richardson what did levis do this week yeah. just to see what could have been for you you know and bryce young's been the name that everybody i mean i guess you want to say that it was cj stroud that kind of started out as being the front runner uh to be the number one pick that the panthers were going to get and then it became bryce young and i still think that bryce young's going to be that guy but a name that has been popular today is will levis um his numbers uh have dropped uh, when it comes to, I guess, his odds of being the uh, number one pick, there was a Reddit post uh, that said Will Levis is currently plus 4,000 to be the first overall pick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family Carolina will, in fact, take him on Thursday. You're welcome. His odds to be the first pick jumped from p- plus 4,000 to plus 400 in the last hour when it came to that Reddit post. So as soon as that Reddit post was posted in an hour, the odds for Will Levis to be the number one pick went from plus 4,000 to plus 400. So So, this random person on the internet changed the betting odds that big. Yes. I'm not buying it. That is, uh, that's pretty incredible that that could go on. I mean, I guess that would mean that did everybody on that Reddit thread and all their friends start betting on Will Levis to make it change so much? Because I don't feel like, or maybe, maybe it's just Vegas being smart. If they know this is out there and they know it's not going to happen, they can lower that number a little bit to make people think it is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To say, oh man, I got to get in on this before it drops even more. I, this is the best price I can get. I'm going to bet Will Levis to go number one overall. You start to get excited when you see that number down. And either way, Vegas is going to come out winning on this thing when Bryce Young is the number one pick. Yeah, and I just don't see that happening. That is crazy. Well, of course it's not going to happen. We know it's not going to happen. It's crazy to me. That a random person has Las Vegas. That could have been you or I. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been Zach Maskovich. Literally has Las Vegas scrambling to lower the odds. We know a guy that has made Vegas scramble in the past. Yes, we do. Zach Maskovich. Zach Maskovich. With the national anthem. Um, Shouldn't talk about that. Yeah, you're right. The Panthers have their guy, Chandler. Do you know who that guy is? Well, we're not going to say that. What guy? in the draft yeah 
Frank Reich's not ready to say who it is. But they have a consensus. He said, we'll announce that Thursday at about 8 o'clock. He says there is a number one consensus. But I believe the pick is in. The pick is in. Why don't they just say who it is? What? No, I don't want that to happen. What's? Th- but help me out here. Why not? Why not just wait till the draft? And it just be announced the number one pick. Because it's still not like a... I, I could see it being like Trevor Lawrence. Like, we all knew Trevor Lawrence was going number one overall. I like that. All right, I could see that. All right, well, go ahead and say that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick. We still don't know who the Panthers are taking. I mean, it could it could be Bryce Young or it could be C.J. Stroud. Who knows? They could, be, they could go off a limb and choose Anthony Richardson. I don't know, but it's not. I feel like it's not, like, set in stone. So right who's yet. this consensus number one guy? Could it be Stroud? No. They don't know. <laughs> okay all right we, I, we as we as fans don't know right. would you want to know the like would you want to know the end of a movie when you're going into the movie theater would you want to know oh, as I, you're I, going I, into the draft you get I tickets totally, to no i totally see your point I, I see your point i guess my question is what is the advantage to not just come out and say it today what's the advantage of not like why wouldn't out? the panthers just say it's bryce young I don't know. Right, <laughs> I mean, go. I mean that's never happened in the past before. What do you mean? Has anyone else? Has anyone in the past said, "Hey, we're taking this guy. He's number one." I, I feel like it's it's leaked out. Definitely. Oh no doubt, it's leaked out. But yeah. like as a as the organization, as like Frank Reich, as Scott Fitterer, as David Tepper, coming out in a press conference and saying, "Hey, by the way, number one overall pick, Bryce Young." I don't remember, I don't but I do remember in 2012. Um, let me see if I can find the date of the Redskins Rams trade. Uh, let's see. This was March the 9th. Drafts in April. I knew the night of that trade that Washington was getting Robert Griffin the third because I knew that the Colts were getting Andrew Luck. And now we're people from those teams saying those names out loud. I don't recall, but I we are we all knew it was going to happen. The speculation was strong. The it was more the than assumption. The, the assumption was it clear. Was, it was more than assumption it, it, and speculation. It, it was clear. Yeah, that what y'all were going to do, and it happened. But I, what I'm trying to say is I don't remember if those teams were saying those people's names. Right. which is what we were talking about right yeah so you're and you're and what let me get, let me clarify this you're talking about frank reich or david tepper or scott fitter whoever it may be at a podium saying uh and and you know you know the uh the reporters are going to ask like they're going to try to get everything out of them and they're going to say all right who you take with the number one pick they might say it as a joke and then say frank reich goes that guy's bryce young i just don't see that happening i don't, I don't know why they would do that Redbeard says ESPN and NFL wants viewers for the draft. They got mad a few years ago when all the picks were leaked. It's about TV, not the actual pick. I get that, but we're going to watch the first pick anyway, whether we know who it is or not, especially when we all think we know who it is. I, but I, I, I get that. I, I guess it. I guess maybe you want to have that. Uh, you want to have that. I guess that thought in your mind. What if this happened? You know. We all think it's this person. 
But what if a bombshell just happened? What if they just picked somebody? As a fan, I want to feel that. Again, I'm asking from the team standpoint, what is the advantage or disadvantage of not just saying it today? I'm not talking about for our standpoint. I hear you. You don't want to know what happens at the end of the movie. I'm talking about from the team's standpoint. Why can't Frank Wright, instead of saying there's a consensus number one and saying all this other crap, we know who we're taking, why don't you just say we're taking Bryce Young? (laughs) That's my question. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I guess they're saying we have our guy. (laughs) We got our guy. Folks, this is not a bit. I feel like we're going in circles here. But I just, I don't understand the question. Like, it's just. Why don't Frank Reich say we're taking Bryce Young? Because no one does that. Why? What do you mean, why? Why don't they do it? I I don't know, Cliff. All right, there's the answer. You don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. You act like I'm asking a foreign language question. I'm not. I just, I, I feel like you're asking the question to have an answer. I don't have one. Well, is that okay? You don't know. But I kind of want to have an answer. But you don't. <laughs> I kind of want to have a reasonable answer. I just don't. Okay, um, that's maybe, fine. Let's see. Well, maybe they... No, we're moving hold on, on. Hold on. Maybe We've they got just... to move on. Maybe they don't want to you know, show their hand. I don't know. <laughs> Why? I mean... That gets back to the other question. What's the advantage or disadvantage? We're not going to have an answer. We've got to move on from this. Maybe it's because... No, I'm just kidding. There's got to be a reason. Maybe the NFL says you can't do it. Like in uh, Survivor, you're not supposed to tell the person who you're... All right, thank you, Redbeard. They're not allowed to say it. All right, there's your answer. Okay. They're not allowed. So, on, so that is a rule. Like They can't announce it before the pick. On Survivor, you can't say who you're going to vote for. You can kind of imply it, and you can have talks and stuff, but I think that, that there's some kind of rule like that. Or Big Brother, maybe, not Survivor. Um, so they're not allowed to say who the pick's going to be. See, I would That be, is a great answer. For a 20-minute segment, that is an awesome answer. Which I guess I kind of assume there, but I would definitely be... Would, I, you, would you do that? Say you're Frank Reich. Say you're in Frank Reich's shoes. And you were at the podium. Would you say, hey, we're taking Bryce Young? Would you do that? If I was allowed to or not to? <laughs> if you were allowed to. Yes. All right, so you answer the question. What's the advantage or disadvantage of doing it? I don't see there, I don't see there is one advantage or disadvantage either way. Really. Unless you don't. Here's an event. If you don't love the pick. Yes. You act like you don't know who you're going to get, or you act like you do know who you're going to get because another team wants that guy really bad, and then you talk that up and then make a trade for him. There's an advantage in that. My whole thing is the Panthers are not trading this pick because they traded for this pick. They are drafting a player. They know who that player is. This is not a case where they are fielding calls to where they would need to hide their hand or either send out a smokescreen. They don't need to do that. They don't have an advantage. It gives them no advantage to smoke screen or to hide or anything. They have all the cards. Nobody else has the cards until their pick is through. All right. That that was pointless. Chad says they have signed a non-disclosure agreement like Big Brother. Big Brother. All right. I don't think that was pointless. I think that was a good question. You think that was a good conversation? All right. 
Good, you know good. what? I think any conversation with you is a great conversation. Oh, you. Let's take a break. <laughs> Yuck. We'll come back and wrap up hour two of Pirate Radio Live. More great questions and hazy answers when we return after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 62,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All righty. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Figuring out some internet issues, working on getting those taken care of so we can get back streaming on YouTube and Facebook on Wednesday. That means we can play real songs. That means we can get naked in here if we choose to do so one of us has i'll let you figure out which one <laughs> chandler stop you're sitting beside shirley that's not gonna end well for you i can promise you that chad i'm not gonna read your comment because it talks about someone's mom and we're not gonna do that on this show can i read it nope you cannot I'd rather you not. Chandler. Yo. Talk to me. Pirates. Pirate. Wolfpack. 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 Last time these two teams met, East Carolina was coming off a losing series to Houston. Everybody was down. Everybody was in the dumps. Everybody worried about rankings and seeds and, and everything. And the Pirates answered, responded in a big way. Can lightning strike twice? Can that happen again tonight in Raleigh? I really think it can. I really, I, I like this team bouncing back the way they've bounced back all year. Uh, what I mean, you know, we remember those midweek woes that we were having earlier in the year and then the pirates would seem to be you know fired up and ready to play on the weekend i want to say most of the time when they bounced back off those midweek losses it was like a sweep on the weekend and then we saw that one and three um i want to say it was like a one and three maybe uh it was a one and three weekend but it was definitely maybe a one and four week, uh, week in overall and then the pirates bounced back with a win against nc state and clark LeClaire where they had six home runs you get a sweep against ucf they ended up going on an eight game win streak uh they had to go on the road for the first time in a while and it it wasn't good over the weekend against wichita state and not good as an understatement but uh uh, I think they can bounce back. I think this team is built to bounce back after, uh, you know, a bad performance, a bad weekend, I should say. Um, and uh, but on the road, they haven't been good. They're five and eight on the road. They're yeah, on the road tonight. That is that's concerning. The, that's the thing that is concerning is that they're not in Clark Leclerc Stadium tonight. They are on the road, but you see them have success on the road against the ACC team in North Carolina. You've seen them do that twice. 
uh, or, or you saw them at least do it one time this year in Chapel Hill. Can they do it in Raleigh? We shall see. I believe so. I think we can uh, see the Pirates bounce back tonight, not just at the plate, but uh, getting a win in the win column. All right. We will uh, have a lineup for you at some point coming up in hour number three of our show. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back hour three on tap with Paul Lucas from UniWatch. He joins us next. Also, Bryce Williams will make you a winner. Got a giveaway for you as well. It's all ahead. Big hour three on tap. PRL back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, Pirate Nation, Integrity Home Mortgage is here. If you're looking to purchase a home, contact Talbot Green, Braxton Green, and Joanne Weir today. The Integrity Home Mortgage team offers over 50 years of experience and is committed to providing you with the superior customer service you deserve before, during, and after your real estate transaction. To get started, contact Talbot Green, Braxton Green, or Joanne Weir, Integrity Home Mortgage Pirates Supporting Pirates. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, I happened to see last month that Paul Lucas from UniWatch was coming to Greenville, North Carolina. And I had to check in to see if this was legit. And uh, indeed it was. And I reached out to him and I wanted to get him on the air to talk about why exactly he would be coming to Greenville, North Carolina. And for folks that don't know uh, what UniWatch is or who Paul Lucas is, uh, we'll give you an introduction to him here. And if you are a fan, uh, you will enjoy uh, this conversation of uniforms um, from the past, current, present, future. And everything in between, and uh, we talk some pirates as well, as Paul Lucas joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line from UniWatch. Paul, thanks for your time. How you doing today? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. And uh, a lot of folks know the, the UniWatch name, and uh, I have been following it for years and years since the page two days uh, back in the day, Paul. So uh, first question, I'm sure you've been asked a million times, but... I'd like to hear the answer. Why did this become your fascination? Uniforms and patches and stripes and everything in between. How did this become a thing for you? Uh, you know, I was one of those kids who was just always into uniforms and logos when I was growing up. Uh, when I got my first Little League uniform, I had to make sure it fit just right, that I had my baseball stirrups, you know, sort of pulled up just right. Uh, I was that kid who was like doodling logos in the margins of my seventh grade notebook instead of pay, paying attention <laughs> to the teacher, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and I'd, I'd collect baseball cards and I'd study all the differences in the uniforms and the team colors and all that. And at some point um, in the 1990s, when I became uh, a writer and a journalist, uh, and I was writing a lot about various aspects of design, like graphic design industrial design, and I thought nobody had ever really written much about sports design. Uh, and so I thought, why don't I do that? Because I've always been into that. And uh, so sports design, or as I like to call it, athletics aesthetics, uh, became my beat. Uh, and that was, uh, I started in 1999. 
Uh, I jumped over to ESPN's page two, like you mentioned, in 2004. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's turned out to be a very durable project, UniWatch. Yeah, and now doing your own thing, UniWatch.com. People can check that out. And and I remember I look forward to those articles, uh, Paul, when uh, – you would come when a new season would begin and you would come out with the all the changes and back then it was like a stripe was moved up a square inch or like you know a, a team added a patch and it was it was very mundane things but i found it fascinating now teams have eight jerseys and 12 hats and there's a special hat for every day of the week so i mean it has grown uh the the uniforms and the changes and all that uh a lot from when you started this right it definitely has uh and you know those those uh season overview pieces that you talk about. I still do those, uh, the UniWatch season previews, we call them, uh, for the major sports leagues. And, you know, the baseball season just started uh, about a month ago, so I did the, the annual baseball season preview or the major league baseball season preview. And that's still, like, my biggest, most popular column of the year and the one that's most fun for me as well because I'm still a big fan of baseball and of baseball uniforms. And I never get tired of documenting all those changes. But like you say, there's a lot more changes nowadays because teams have so many more uniforms in their wardrobe. Um, And a lot of that is driven, of course, by the fact that fans now buy and wear uh, the retail versions of those jerseys and caps so much more than they did when I started UniWatch. And that's what really drives so much of the churn and the, the kind of the turnover in, in uniform designs nowadays is, uh, you know, every time you put a new uniform on the field, it means you get to put the uh, New Jersey uh, in the, in the <laughs> stop. So that's, uh, that's kind of uh, what's driving a, a lot of those changes. But uh, I care more about what, you know, what's worn on the field. Well, well, I'm one of those suckers, Paul, because I'm addicted to hats, a lot of minor league hats, a lot of kind of off-the-wall stuff. Uh, my most recent purchase I really like is a Pittsburgh Pirates hat with the old logo, but it's purple and gold, so I'm kind of wearing it as an East Carolina Pirates hat. I mean, there's something out there for everybody, and I'm sure you've talked to addicts like myself uh, over the years. But I, I've got to say, Paul, I'm a fan of yours, like I said, an observer for a long time. But I guess I missed the boat on this. I was unaware of Purple Amnesty Day um, until this year. So that flew under my radar. But now it's got an East Carolina pirate twist to it. And uh, first of all, Paul, before we talk about your trip to Greenville, uh, what is Purple Amnesty Day? How did that begin for you? Uh, So... Part of the, the shtick, if you want to call it that, of UniWatch is that I hate purple. I've always hated the color purple. Uh, people say, why? Like, what did purple ever do to you? And uh, I don't know, man. It just doesn't It doesn't feel like a good color to me, just like everyone has a favorite color, and my favorite color is green. I also have a least favorite color, and it is purple. And that, I, that means I also hate purple uniforms, and I've written a lot over the years about uh, how, how much I hate purple uniforms. And then at some point, uh, 10, 12 years ago, we sort of, it became sort of a thing on UniWatch that one day a year, for one day a year on May 17th was the, the usually day, because that was the anniversary of, of UniWatch's founding, um, I would grudgingly celebrate purple, and I would sort of grit my teeth and for one day a year sort of uh, kind of 
celebrate and write about, um, you know, purple uniforms, purple this, purple that. I would change my website's graphics from green to purple <laughs> on that day. And so it's the one day of the year when I kind of say that, uh, okay, I'm going to tolerate purple for this one day. Uh, and then last year, it, it got into, it sort of grew into a bigger thing where I, I flew out to Denver. I live in Brooklyn, New York, but I flew out to Denver last year. Uh, and of course, the Colorado Rockies wear purple. And we had a big uh, UniWatch gathering at a bar near the Rockies ballpark. And then we went up and went to their ball game, and we sat in the purple row of seats because uh, uh, at the Colorado Rockies ballpark, they have uh, the mile-high row of seats, a row that is like exactly a mile-high altitude, and those seats are purple. And everyone was dressed in purple. I was dressed head-to-toe in purple, which for me was quite an experience. And, uh, and it was a blast, actually. It was a way to kind of make fun of myself and, and have a little fun with my readers. And I wanted to do another live event this year for Purple Amnesty Day, and I was very aware that ECU had their uh, powder purple baseball uniforms that they unveiled this year. And when those were unveiled, uh, everybody was sending me tweets and emails and saying, did you see this? Did you see the, the powder purples? And um, and those are, I got to say, the most horrific-looking baseball uniforms I've ever seen. But I will celebrate them. Uh, on uh, on May 16th, because uh, the Pirates don't have a game on May 17th, which is the usual date of Purple Amnesty Day. So we, they do have a game on May 16th. They're hosting Campbell. And so I, I contacted the school, and I explained to them what Purple Amnesty Day is. And I said, if you'll have me, I will come down. I'll be dressed head to toe in purple. I'll wear your powder purple uniform if you want, and I will throw out the first pitch. And I'll have a bunch of my a bunch of my readers with me, you know, at the ballpark. We'll come to the game, and then we're going to have uh, a gathering at uh, Coco's Sports Bar, which is uh, near near the ballpark. Yeah. And uh, everyone will be dressed in purple. I'll be dressed in purple. They've promised at Coco's to have some sort of purple drink special for us. I don't know what that's going to be. Um, and I think uh, the ECU's live costumed mascot, Petey the Pirate, yeah. the, he's going to come uh, both to uh, the outfield jungle seating area, which I guess is beyond the outfield wall. He's going to come and mingle with us, uh, with me and the other UniWatch readers who are going to be there. And then he's going to come to Coco's as well. So it's going to be uh, a big, big day where I uh, basically celebrate and dress in the color that I hate the most. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a bit of a humbling experience, but we could all use a little humility, at least for one day a year, right? Absolutely. And, and what a life, Paul. I mean, it, you, <laughs> you never know where you'll end up in your line of work. And, uh, and you're going to end up in Greenville wearing all purple with Petey the Pirate at Coco's. And just uh, what a story that is. Coco's great sponsor here at Pirate Radio. So looking forward to seeing you. I hate that uh, it's a midweek game because uh, on the weekends, I, I am the PA announcer for ECU baseball games. I'll be there uh, this weekend when Tulane comes to town. But I can't. I won't do it midweek because I'll be here hosting the show. But I do plan to uh, uh, connect with you at some point there, Paul, and hang out. And uh, I'll make sure to wear. I've got a lot of purple in the closet, so I'll make sure to pull out my best purple for you. <laughs> I imagine a lot of people down Green yeah. Bay have, have plenty of purple, so it's, it's perfect. It's, it's, you know, Just prepare yourself, purple. Paul. It's going to be an eye-opener for you when you see all this purple here. So I hope you got meds or something to help you out. Yeah, well, I went through that last year in Denver <laughs> okay. with Rockies thing, so I, it'll, it'll be all right. 
Um, and yeah, it, obviously it would be great if you could find a way to join us either uh, in that jungle seating area yeah. in Cocos or whatever. And uh, one way or another, we'll connect. And uh, man, the jungle's awesome. I know you'll have a blast out there uh, with some rowdy pirate fans uh, for that ECU Campbell game. So going to be a lot of fun and uh, having a great year coming off, uh, unfortunately, getting swept at Wichita State. Got a big game tonight against uh, NC State. But when it comes to, uh, to college baseball, uh, we do it right here in Greenville, Paul. So I know you'll enjoy yourself. I'm looking forward to it. And they've promised me they will wear the powder purple uniforms for that game. And so, uh, you know, it'll be a great purple amnesty day for everybody. There you go. There's a little breaking news for you, a little UniWatch uh, exclusive. ECU will wear the powder purple again uh, coming up uh, that game against Campbell. Uh, Paul, so you said your favorite color is green. How about your favorite teams? Do, are, do you, uh, are you an unbiased uh, UniWatch writer, or uh, who are your favorite teams growing up and to this day? Uh, I am a lifelong Mets fan, New York Mets fan. Okay. Baseball, and uh, I'm lucky enough that the Mets have mostly had pretty good uniforms yeah. in the years. Uh, pretty good-looking team. Um, I hate the New York Yankees. I was raised specifically to love the Mets and hate the Yankees, but of course I like the Yankees uniforms, too. That's a classic look. Because I do like the color green. I love the Oakland A's uniforms. I think that's a classy-looking uniform. I'm not a particularly big A's fan, one way or the other. Um, they're having a little rough time of it this year. <laughs> Uh, my main thing is, you know, with the news that they're probably going to be moving to Vegas, uh, I'm just hoping they keep that color scheme. Yeah. You know, I don't want them changing the silver and black or, you know, a different shade of gold, like glitzy Vegas. Like, that is, like, such a beautiful uniform, the A's uniform. I don't want them touching that. Yeah, and uh, just judging from your what you're saying here, you, are, you like the classic look. Is there anything modern that you like uh any any outlandish stuff that you're actually a fan of or do you like the tasteful old school look i am mostly a classicist but um (laughs) but there are some newer designs that i like that i consider sort of modern classics and a a good example with that of that would be uh back in the 90s i mean if we can still consider that modern uh when the jacksonville jaguars came around and that, that first uniform they had, the Mark Brunel era, yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL, uh, with the gold and teal or turquoise or whatever you want to call that color that they have, to me, that was just so perfect. No team had ever worn a color, uh, that color scheme. I liked their number font, which was a modern custom font. And I just I remember saying to myself, and I'm pretty sure I even wrote it, if they just have the patience and the brains to stick with this, like you know don't don't change it it's going to be considered a modern classic it's going to go down as like one of those uniforms you can't change because it's too perfect and it it didn't last long enough to achieve that status they did change it and they've changed their uniforms so many times now the jacksonville jaguars and um they really got it right the first time and i just wish they would go back to that and uh and so that i would consider to be sort of a modern classic in terms of its color scheme uh, and the typography, like the number font. Uh, generally, when things get a little like kind of out there, just for the sake of being out there, it doesn't do too much for me. I often wonder to myself, if I had been doing this for a living back in the 70s when the Astros came out with that rainbow, you know, <laughs> yeah. the Tequila Sunrise jersey, as, as we now call it, what would I have thought then? Because now, of course, I love it. Right. It's fun. Like, that's a modern classic of its era. Um not sure I'd want them to go back to it on an everyday basis, but you know, I want to. I want to live in a world where that that uniform can exist, and I'm glad it exists. But what would I have thought if I 
have been doing this when that when that came out. Right. You know? and, and I'm not really sure. Would I have thought, ah, that's stupid, that's ridiculous? I, I don't know, because I think a lot of people did think that back at the time. Talking to Paul Lucas, uh, UniWatch, joining us. And, Paul, uh, we're talking uniforms. One of the most outlandish things I can remember was when MLB, and I just looked it up to see what year it was. It was 1999 when they did the turn ahead the clock jerseys. Remember that? The sleeveless jerseys. And oh, yeah. The guys are wearing their hats backwards. Like, is that, is that the craziest thing you've seen in uniforms over the years, or, or what else comes to mind for you? That is probably the craziest thing. Yeah. It was the first year of UniWatch was 1999, so they handed me this quite a stick yeah. on a silver platter there. And, you know, the, the funny thing is uh, – the, those uniforms were supposed to represent what baseball would look like in 2021. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah, because it was sponsored. The whole program was sponsored by the real estate company Century 21. Oh, okay. And so that's why they chose 2021 as um, the year that you know the, these futuristic uniforms supposedly represented. And, in fact, uh, a few teams chose not to participate. One of them was the Yankees. And somebody asked George Steinbrenner, don't you want people to be able to see what the Yankees will look like in 2021? And, and he famously said, we already look like what we're, we're going to look like <laughs> in 2021. And he turned out to be right. Uh, but it was such a missed opportunity two years ago in when we actually reached in 2021. Right. And they could have brought those back. You know, They could have revived that whole uh, program and you know, as a back to the future kind of thing. Uh, and it was it just such a great opportunity waiting to happen, even though those uniforms were terrible. They were really awful. Um, it was a big mistake. But kind of like what I just said about the, the Astros rainbow design, I do think the futuristic program was a mistake, but I kind of like living in a world where that kind of mistake can happen and where we can laugh about it yeah. later and where it can sort of go down as like one of the great brain cramp ideas and you know that that idea also although it was mlb wide in 2019 it actually started with just one team the seattle mariners in 2018 they did a futuristic night just a one-off you know for one game and it was a big hit uh in seattle and you know it, it was like the classic american I, the American approach to things. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. And so, like, the, the Mariners did it once, and then Major League Baseball said, you know what, we're going to blow this up and, and have the whole league do it, or almost the whole league. Yeah. And it was the kind of thing that was charming when one team did it, and then kind of stupid when the whole league did it. Well, you saying that reminds me, or it makes me think about Oregon and just the crazy jerseys they had in the what uh maybe late 90s but early 2000s mid 2000s whatever and then pretty much every school started going to it like are they to blame for the outlandish college uniforms we see every week um i i guess you could say it started with oregon yeah um you know obviously they have a special relationship with nike because bill knight the founder of nike uh attended oregon and so he had a he took a special interest in in outfitting them and and using them almost like a, a guinea pig or a design lab for some of Nike's uh, most outrageous ideas. But, you know, the thing about Oregon is that the attention they got for that really did help their recruiting, and yeah. it, it turned them or helped turn them into a successful program. And the uh, a lot of the other schools that tried similar things, like similarly outlandish designs, it didn't really work for them. And I, I think the, the classic example is Maryland. Um, 
and they had the same kind of relationship with Under Armour because Kevin Plank, the founder of Under Armour, he went to Maryland and he wanted Maryland football and, and the University of Maryland to have that same kind of outlandish uh, graphic look that Oregon had. And so you remember how the, the Maryland football team had those flag-based uniforms yeah. with the crazy helmets, and that started in, uh, in 2011. But it did not turn Maryland into a winner. And you know, they never really became a successful program. And I think the lesson for a lot of this is if you dress like a clown and you win, you look like a winner. But if you dress like a clown and you lose, you just look like a clown. And, and a, lot, a lot of these things, you know, if, if you're successful on the field, nothing looks better on the field than you having more points than the other team when the, when the clock ticks down to zero, right? That's what looks best on the field. Uh, and if, if that doesn't happen, if you're a losing team, um, you can't really get away with some of these uh, crazy uniforms the way Oregon did. And I, I think Oregon, like the, the idea of the, the design program worked because the on-field program worked. Yeah, right. All went together. Talking to Paul Lucas here, UniWatch, joining us here on Pirate Radio Live. Paul, we'll let you run. Uh, but once again, Purple Amnesty Day coming up here in Greenville, North Carolina, Tuesday, May the 16th. Paul will be in town uh, throwing out the first pitch donning the purple head to toe i also saw this cool t-shirt people can get paul and uh is that you walking the plank in your green with a pirate uh serving you to the sharks there that looks yeah, pretty cool the idea is that we uh since uh we, we try to have a, a new t-shirt design each year for purple amnesty day and since we're going down to greenville and, and you guys are the pirates uh so we have a, the t-shirt shows a purple pirate forcing me to walk the plank uh, over a purple sea infested with purple sharks. So uh, it's, it's truly my worst nightmare. Um, but it's, uh, it's a good representation of what will be happening on May 16th. Awesome stuff. Paul, great to chat with you, man. I uh, really enjoyed it. My next step will be finally removing all the uh, New Era side patch logos on my hats. Well, once I do that, I'll be fully fledged. Conversation that we can have. Yeah. Uh, Paul, thanks so much. We'll see you when you uh, get to Greenville here next month. Looking forward to it. Paul Lucas, UniWatch. That was cool. That was 20-plus uh, years in the making since I've been reading uh, his blog on the old ESPN2 uh, page and um, enjoyed reading those back in the day, and now we, I follow him on Twitter, so I see daily updates on what he's got going on. But uh, really interesting. He hates the color purple, but for one day he embraces it, and, man, he will be embracing a lot of purple when he gets here to Greenville coming up in mid-May for East Carolina and Campbell. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we'll check in with Bryce Williams, see what he's doing. Let me see. Uh, what did he say earlier today? All right, no, he texted me yesterday. He said he might be looking at a boat. So we'll find out what Bri We'll find out if he looked at a boat. How did the boat look? We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors, talk a little NFL draft, and talk to our buddy Bryce Williams when we return after this. She's no good with words, but I'm worse. But it's 
started out a joke of a romance. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. East Plumbing, Viva Electric, and Roland Black Heating and Cooling have teamed up to form New Blue Service Group, offering Eastern North Carolina the best in plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services. Same great local team, same great local service, just a new name. For plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services, go to callnewblue.com. That's callnublue.com. New Blue Service Group, where we are redefining service excellence. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. I am here. Shirley Rhodes is there. Chandler is doing nothing in that seat. Get in here. What are you doing? Get in here. No, get in here. I have a mic right here. Get in here. Get in here. Get in here. You have been told. Get in here. What is the difference? We're doing a radio show. Come on. And Bri- what do you need? A mic. And I have one. Bryce Williams is on, man. Shape up. I thought you said it was Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Williams joining us on the Pirate Radio Live line. What's up, Bryce? Hey, hey, how y'all doing? Man, you you don't show up and everything just falls through. We got internet issues. We're not on video. We got Chandler's goofing off because he tries to put on a good front when you're here. And, like, you didn't. So, it's, it is. yeah. It's a mess. Dang. I don't need to miss any more Tuesdays. <laughs> no, sir. No more Tuesdays. Uh, so, Bryce, you told me uh, you might be looking at a boat. Uh, did you look at that boat? We did uh, look at that boat. We were coming into Kinston now with a 36 Yellowfin. Um, very nice boat. They have a great line, the whole line. Stuff, but maybe not falling totally in love with it. I'm falling all that is. So, I don't know. We may... Uh, be back on the drawing board um and continue to work on the boat we got now all right fair enough well uh we appreciate you joining us via phone before we get to pirate radio outdoors i do it is nfl draft week and i might ask you to rehash an old story or two but (laughs) i don't know the answer to this bryce what uh and i'm sure i've asked you but as we sit here two days away from the draft and you were picked up as an undrafted free agent but what teams had talked to you what teams did you expect to go to like at this point not draft night or in round three or round seven or whatever but like two days before the draft started did you have any inkling on teams that were interested in you um i had a lot of um contacts with um new orleans and green bay those seem to be the ones that had called me you know multiple times during this week and then obviously even before the draft and then um you know, during the draft and stuff. Um, those are the two two main teams. What what was those what were those conversations like, Bryce? Like what was I mean, what were they telling you or I mean, were they just kinda of saying, Hey, just be kind of keep your eyes and ears open? What was the conversation like? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. See they I guess they were kinda of just feeling me out, things like that and um sort of be prepared like more so draft and then and or you know after the draft and sure enough um you know i got a call from the green bay right towards the end of the draft pretty much saying they would be ready after for us to call you and and same with 
New Orleans. Um, they did just that, but of course, in the idea of the Panthers, you know, uh, obviously are familiar with that story. So it kind of, I guess, just delayed the uh, Saints decision, and um, obviously, there's so a lot of a lot of what ifs during that time that I kind of beat myself up over. But you know, everything's all good. For folks that don't know the Panthers story, Bryce, can we rehash it one more time? Um, you, <laughs> you you thought you were going to be a Panther because they told you you were going to be a Panther, right? And then you weren't a Panther. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. They said, hey, be ready. We're either going to take you for, I think, I guess what I've been Mr. Relevant or just the stuff. I think they had the second to last pick. Oh, you'd have been, yeah, Mr. Relevant's Mr. neighbor. Relevant. Yeah, Mr. Russell's neighbor. Um, they said, hey, look, we're either going to take you, a tight end, or we're going to take a punter. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's pretty good odds. You know, I'll take that. But that's kind of good. Well, that pick comes up. I was like, well, they didn't call me. I guess they took a punter. And sure enough, they took a tight end. I was like, wait a tick. And uh, so that made things pretty sour. Um, finish up watching three days of the draft and stuff. So, um, yeah, they did me a solid, I guess you could say, speaking very facetiously or sarcastic. <laughs> but you ended up being a Panther down the road, right? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, you know, still was a good time. Even then, they did the same stuff and kind of shortchanged me then, but we won't get into that. <laughs> I was actually a, eventually a Panther. Um, you know, so it, didn't, well, it wasn't all the hype it what I thought it was going to be. I had better times at other places, but... Um, yeah. Bryce, uh, been asking people this East Carolina, um, has over or under one and a half players taken in the 2023 draft. So if you go over, you say they'll have two or more. If you go under, you say they'll have one or less. Uh, what is your, what would you bet? What side would you be on there? Man, that's tough. Um, you know, I've been sort of looking i see the mock draft stuff y'all post you know of holton uh you know as far as the late round stuff um you know obviously keith mitchell dang you know i don't want to say one or less you know definitely not doubting what could happen um for holton at the in the late rounds. but i'm you know i know i have a feeling of how you know i kind of got an idea how maybe how it is there's pretty much uh, anyone's word doesn't really hold much weight yeah. In the the NFL, so I'm just going to kind of go with um, one or less. Um, the under, what was it? Under one and a half. Okay, and and you bring up a good point there, and it sounds harsh, Bryce, but NFL teams are telling five other guys the same thing they're telling you, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they'll spout off anything just to, you guess fill in the sentence, you know, fill in the blanks, you know, they'll, they'll say whatever. You know, yeah. they say there's, if Holton doesn't get, um, you know, say drafted at the late rounds, you know, he still has that all, you know, there's definitely a thing called priority free agent. Yeah. Uh, priority free, free agent. So I would, uh, you know, assume he would be, he would definitely be one of those. And, you know, there's some good money to um, be made if you're one of those first players called. Um, right after the draft, so definitely you know not a terrible point. Uh, Bryce, um, what is your advice to those guys like Keaton and Isaiah Winstead and Holton and some others that are 
hopefuls for this draft and are you know i, I know a lot of these guys are either going to get drafted or they're going to have an unrestricted free agency or undrafted uh free agency deal what is your advice to those guys as they inch closer to those draft days and i know their nerves have got to start to be uh bother them a little bit i know it had to have for you as well so what's your advice to those guys as they uh as their dreams are uh, about to become a reality um don't watch the draft um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, obviously you can watch the first, you know, the first round. That's, you know, exciting. And, you know, and obviously I knew a bunch of the guys going through this whole process. You know, I saw several guys I knew get drafted. But probably don't watch the draft and say yes to the first team that calls you would be the two biggies, I would say. All right. Bryce Williams joining us. Well, now, Bryce, uh, instead of watching the draft, like us knuckleheads will probably be outside. Um doing something so let's go pirate radio outdoors bryce and catch us up on uh the latest what you've been up to and what you will be up to outside the homestead yeah so i mean it's been uh been obviously chasing the turkey no turkey tears yet um but we have been at that heavy we were at the beach this past weekend so we were fishing for some bonita um hooked up on a lot of bonita but they just seem to not really want to stay hooked for some reason. I don't know why they wouldn't want to stay on the hook, but that caught um, several Spanish and stuff, so it didn't get skunked. Um, so we got to, you know, fish, and then also been chasing turkeys several times since it's been open, but we actually had, went this morning and long story short, you know, we have a strut decoy, which is a tom, you know, who's fanned out, so you're kind of hiding behind it. We were on our bellies on a logging road, and uh, a Tom, a hen, and a Jake were on the logging path when the hen started making her way to us, and the Tom officer was following her, and we think, oh, man, this is about to be it, because we're trying to get my father-in-law on the turkey, and um, sure enough, you know, that hen starts making her way to us, and in my head, I'm like, oh, this is going to be this is going to be just like we rode it up, and uh, she gets to about 25 yards to us, so the Tom was hanging back a little bit, and then all of a sudden, he just hems up at like 60 yards, which in a turkey hunting uh, game, that's a quite a shot for a shotgun, um, you know. So it's it, it would it's a very challenging shot, and unless you got you know they're just dialed in your shotgun with chokes and you know the type of ammo and stuff like that. But he was uh, getting all sketched out, looked like he was about to run away, and I was like, well, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So I said, dude, aim at the base of his neck and shoot. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, we didn't get him, so we watched him fly off into the morning sunrise. But uh, it was an exciting hunt. It was a good bird. Um, just kind of learn from these each hunt, and hopefully we got about, I guess, around two weeks left, a little less than two weeks, um, to hopefully bag him and I both one. So it's been an exciting few days on the water and on the wood so All right. keep it up <clears throat> bryce williams pirate radio outdoors still looking for those turkey tears well bryce we'll let you run hopefully we can get you back in studio next tuesday and uh, we'll talk about all the pirates and where they landed as uh draft picks or free agents in the nfl so we'll talk about that next week yes sir can't wait for it all right buddy there is cb dub bryce williams joining us today on the pirate radio live line shirley Rhodes, let's open up the booty bag and make somebody a winner 
Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250 is the number. What are we giving away on this Tuesday? Uh, let's give away uh, a shrimp taco lunch, courtesy of Chico's. Give it away, give it away, give it away. And now, what caller are you looking for? I'm going to go with five. All right, five. 317-1250. We're back with our winner after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medi Spa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations are available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit, love your transformation, and congratulations to Tracy Allen of Greenville. Got a shrimp taco lunch courtesy of Chico's. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's. Enjoy your favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Plus, high school cervezas and Chico's famous margaritas are always available. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Chico's, huh? Welcome back to Shrimp Talk. Pirate Radio Live. Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, Clip Rock here. On a Tuesday, did we get that um, lineup, Chandler? It is out. I saw it it on your uh, laptop. Here we go. The starting lineup for your ECU Pirates. Batting first, the center fielder, number four, Lane Hoover. Batting second, the second baseman, number 10, Jacob Sterling. Batting third, the first baseman, number 66, Josh Moylan. Batting fourth, the designated hitter, number three, Jacob Jenkins Cowart. Batting fifth, the left fielder, number 25, Luke Nowak. Batting sixth, the right fielder, number... 17, Carter Cunningham. Batting seventh, the catcher. Number, th- I forgot his number, Justin Wilcoxon. 34. Batting eighth, the shortstop. Number eight, Joey Barini. Batting ninth, the third baseman. Number 99, Alec Makarevich. And on the mound for your Pirates, number 27, Zach Root. Chandler was showing off. The numbers are not listed in the lineup, so he was going off the dome. And got everyone except Wilcoxon. I think I might have got Zach Root right, unless he is 27. I do not know his number. I have not seen him pitch a lot live uh, due to him throwing midweek. I don't see, we don't see him on weekends, really. So Saw him get the start in Fayetteville, and uh, can't really remember another time I've seen him put, pitch. Uh, but he will get the start <clears> tonight <throat> for ECU against the Wolfpack. Pirates need it uh, as they slip in the rankings, but didn't slip dramatically. What was it, 12 in D1 baseball, I believe? Yep. So Went from 8 to 12. Yeah. No, went from 7 to 12, I believe. Which uh, yeah, is pretty dramatic, but after you get swept against Wichita State, yeah, you're going to you're gonna lose some spots. 
Yeah, and then Wichita State had a huge jump, about 60 spots. In the uh, RPI. In the RPI, and then East Carolina only getting about, what, getting five spots knocked off of them to 12. So not bad trying to get back to that top eight seed, Uh, but we got some work to do, and it starts tonight in Raleigh. Uh, Tulane in town this weekend. We'll talk to our buddy Corey Glor at some point this weekend. He's going to get his itinerary coming up on Wednesday. So we hope to get him. Maybe uh, we can get him pregame on Friday, uh, if not on Thursday. So looking forward to catching up with our buddy Corey Glor, who's uh, going through a pretty bad Tulane baseball season. Had a great football season to call. Had an up and down basketball season to call with the Green Wave this year and now a down uh baseball season but remember last year they took two of three from the pirates and thought asked josh moylan yesterday is that something that they talk about or is that something just for us to talk about the fact that tulane beat them twice last year and he kind of answered it both ways his first response was well they got a what a new coach uh, new players a different team but he did say yeah we uh we know the name on the jersey and uh that hat those are the guys that that school that team that beat us last year so i think that uh if if nothing else that the veterans will remind the younger guys or who knows maybe cliff godwin and the coaching staff will remind those guys that uh hey these guys beat us last year yeah and uh they'll have a chance to do that this weekend i was trying to think i don't have my phone and i don't have my laptop but they did Tulane did lose a great player that they had last year i believe he ended up transferring to virginia cannot remember his name but he was a huge part of that program no longer with the program new coach and uh it is a down year but i guess i mean it's already been you know it's already been shown in this league uh you can lose to anybody you just lost and you just got swept by wichita state over the weekend so they need to bounce back and uh luckily it's at home which is what they've done well and that's play uh baseball at home and they're 24 and 2 at home and hopefully they can get a sweep uh, to kind of even out that uh, that loss sweep to Wichita State last weekend. Speaking of transfers, the big story of the day, Cam Hayes has committed to East Carolina, started his career at NC State, went to LSU, will finish out his career at ECU. He was a four-star recruit out of Greensboro, averaged eight points for LSU, averaged seven for the Wolfpack previously, and will join Bobby Pettiford, and the returners in the backcourt. So, uh, Mike Schwartz, the portal taketh away, the portal giveth, and doing all he can to build East Carolina into a winner in 2023-24. And when you piece together what they have returning with R.J. Felton and Brandon Johnson and Ezra Ezra Ozar and Jaden Walker, you start to to lie. I'm I was excited with the Pettiford and Faison signings. And now you throw in a Cam Hayes. Uh, there's a lot of people now I'm reading on social media, on the message boards, excited about Pirate Hoops. And it's uh, it's a cool thing. I hope that translates into ticket sales and big environments, big atmospheres in Minji's. Yeah, and this reminds me of last year with football. Uh, not sure what C.J. Johnson was going to do. You lost Tyler Sneed. You didn't know what the wide receiver room was going to look, look like. And what do you do? You go in the portal. You grab a guy like Isaiah Winstead. And just a few weeks ago, about a month ago, when Javon Small had entered the portal, I remember how much ECU fans got punched in the in the gut. Uh, even us talking about it here on Pirate Radio, 
uh, about how big of a role, uh, how big of a hole that's going to have to be filled. And in just about a month span, you've got Bobby Pettiford from Kansas coming in, and you got Cam Hayes. So just like that, you went from concern to optimistic uh, vibes for ECU basketball coming into the fall. So uh, very excited about what Mike Schwartz has been able to do on the recruiting trail, and in this day and age, the transfer portal trail. And uh, he's done a good job with the addition of Bobby Pettiford and Cam Hayes to North Carolina products. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back and get ready to wrap things up here on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll be back with you after this. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome back it was a rough day for the stock market the dow slipped 344 points and finished out at 33,530 the nasdaq was down 238 and closed at 11,799. The S&P was down 65 at 4,071. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip. Wrapping it up on a Tuesday. Thanks to Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, and my guest today, LRB, for stopping by. Ahmed Farid with Peacock MLB all season long. You can check him out and their games on Sunday mornings. Mike Mullis joined us on the show. Paul Lucas from UniWatch. Great to talk to him. He'll be in Greenville coming up in May for ECU and Campbell. And Bryce Williams joined us on the show as well. We're back with you on Wednesday, 3 o'clock, for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio, Radio Live for Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, and the crew. I'm Clip Brock. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.